Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. It's time to look back at the last half of 2020 and discuss the most notable Bollywood releases from July to December, at least what, what there were. <laughs> Did Anurag Basu win his game of Ludo? Is Nawazuddin Siddiqui the most serious man? Did Gunjan Saxena win the war for our hearts? All this and more now in our 2020 year-end wrap-up. Matt, this is our first official episode of 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, you released an episode. Well, we released an episode, but it... I it, did all the work. You did all the work. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, an interview with um, Deborah Shimakraji mm-hmm. about her book, Bombay Hustle. Uh, it was great. In, it was a great interview. Yeah, you should check out the book. Uh, I will. Well, we, we have it. So. You can read it whenever you want. <laughs> I can read it whenever I want. But I, I also encourage our listeners to uh, listen to that interview and check out the book. Uh, but as is tradition here on Biffle, our first episode in a new year is a recap of the previous year. What a great year. <laughs> in what, film. Nothing bad happened in 2020. So that's what's the best part of it, I think. <laughs> Uh, so we, we have, I guess now a tradition of releasing a mid-year review episode and then a year-end review episode. One year we did not do the mid-year review episode and we decided that, no, we need the mid-year review episode. Terrible, terrible decision. Uh, even though that this year there's kind of been less releases, so. Why? <laughs> because, because there's a pandemic. There's oh. a global pandemic. We're still in the middle of it. you saying that's why I haven't left the house in, since March? Yes, that is why you haven't left the house since March. So in June, we released uh, an episode that covered the films from January to kind of uh, early June. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to be covering July, well, actually kind of late June to through to December. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you've already alluded, 2020 has been an interesting year. The majority of the films that we are going to be discussing were released on streaming. Because... I don't know if I even saw a single Hindi movie not on streaming. I yeah I, I can't think back to if we saw anything in theaters in January I did but I don't remember. I, mean, I saw like Emma and Birds of Prey and I think that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the last Bollywood movie that we saw in theaters together was um, Debang Three. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like December, right? Yeah. We do have two theatrical releases here. Um, but the rest of them are streaming releases because theaters around the globe have been closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... It... Or if they aren't, you shouldn't go. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so it's it's been an interesting six months. Uh, but before we get to that, we have a, a couple things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a new review. All right. It's very exciting to start off 2021 with a new review. Mm-hmm. Uh, this review comes from Rajat Dixit. And he writes, Matt and Aaron, of all the Bollywood podcasts I listen to, yours is the most relaxing. Your voices are very comforting. Also, in some of the episodes, your voices tend to echo, because of which I imagine your house to be a big, comfortable place. Well, we can, we can explain that. <laughs> as far as the content of Biffle is concerned, I think the two of you are very articulate. I watched 1942, A Love Story, because of you, and now it's my favorite Hindi film. I mean... It's a great movie. Yeah, it's top 10 for me probably it's great it was great yeah i also like the fact that you discussed the themes of the movies your knowledge of literature is another attraction 
It's great when creators talk about what's happening in the world and Biffle ticks that box too. Well, you have to put things into context, I think, sometimes. Or is that when we keep telling the government that they're bad? Our government? Well, our government and uh, and the Indian government. <laughs> a lot of governments currently. A lot of people dropping the ball all over the place. Uh, so Rajat continues, Also, I discovered Kandan because of you. Oh. So Awesome Bernie should thank you for the rise in their downloads. He should. He, he, he really, really should. should. We'll, yeah. have to, we'll have to pass that on to Awesome. Uh, P.S. Matt said that Amir Khan's character in Dil Chatahe was an MTS elite character in a Farron Akhtar movie. It's one of the best sentences I have ever heard. <laughs> Well, thank you. I mean, I, I stick by it. I can't disagree with that. Uh, I guess as far as audio, so audio quality, yeah, there there is an echo in some of our episodes. It's not because we have a giant house, though. <laughs> the one heard... thing about this place, I mean, it's it's an apartment. It's nice. Yeah. It's fine, but it has very high ceilings. It does. So it has like nine foot ceilings, and we just recorded in the kitchen. So that's why it's like that. Yeah, and I think we've always aspired to have decent audio. Yeah. Uh, we only have the one microphone too, so exactly. we're we're going half and half on one microphone. We don't have headsets, we don't have those little you know arms that tilt towards you. We don't even have headphones on. No, we we do our best, <laughs> but uh, our attraction to podcasting was never kind of the audiophile aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some people do really get into that. Yeah, yeah, we've always been more focused on content, and so. Uh, we hope our audio quality has improved over the years, but it's always been good enough. I think our new program, Hindenburg, yeah. I think that's helped out with audio quality. Uh, but I mean, let us know if it has. I don't know. I feel like it did. But if it, it helps people imagine that we live in a, in a nice, comfortable place, then, then sure. that's good. Just got a little bungalow here. I did I did send Rajat a picture of where we record yeah, <laughs> so he could visualize it's it. It's honestly a bedroom and den apartment. It's, you know. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. It's it's also a concrete build, so mm-hmm. it's extra echoey in here because of the way the walls are made. Mm-hmm. But that's also why you don't hear people in the other rooms. Now you get to bestow Rajat his his biffle points. Bling! I'm doing kind of a salt bay thing. And we have exciting news about biffle points. They're real now. They're real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after they're not just a thing I made up, making fun of comedy points or you know. A, a nice allusion to comedy points. Yes, we have uh, long promised that we would do something with Buffalo Points, and we are excited to announce that we are. Uh, we have a thank you gift that we would like to send to people who have collected Buffalo Points over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we want to tell them what it is, Matt, or do we want to wait wait to people for people to find out? I mean, there's a couple out in the wild now, so maybe we wait and see what they think they are. Yeah, and then they can. They could promote them on their social media and tell other people to listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I think they're very cool. And if you like dogs, they're going to be up your alley. Yes. So if you have received Biffle points in the past for things like leaving us a review, or you gave everyone who asked a question in our Q&A episode some Biffle points. I mean, that was one of the worst decisions I've ever made <laughs> that whole episode. <laughs> we would like you to get in touch with us. Send us a screenshot of your review or say what your username is so we DM can DM us it. on Facebook or Twitter. That's the easiest way to do it. Yes. Uh, and so you have to follow us too, by the way. Exactly. And uh, let us know that you would like to redeem your Biffle points and then we will send you the surprise that we have for you. It is a physical object. Yes. So it will be going through the mail and it might take a while. Yes, and we are a two-person operation, and this is a hobby. We mm-hmm. have 
other permanent full-time jobs. So please be patient with us and also the Postal Service. It'll be cool though. When you get it, you'll you'll be excited. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So you can get a hold of us. Uh, The easiest ways to get a hold of us are Twitter. We're at BollywoodPod. Mm -hmm. And on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Bollywood is for lovers. So you can reach out to us there. And yeah, I'm I'm very excited to to get this little gift into the hands of our listeners and our guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're joining an elite club. Yes. So so like I said, send us the proof of your Biffle points uh, and we will go from there. If you want to be a member of the elect and not the preterite, <laughs> you should you should get this uh, this thing. Yes. And everyone will know. Yes. I'm not going to say anymore, but everyone will, will be able to tell <laughs> we'll be able to that tell. your favorite podcast, you left a review. Uh, okay. I think that's that's the rest of the housekeeping we have. Move on to this epic conversation. Yeah. <laughs> These episodes are always, they're always interesting to record because... We have, we have over a dozen films here. So despite the fact that there have been less releases, I think we still have a good number of movies to discuss. So we watched more of them together because we were both at home all the time, which is interesting. Yeah. And I usually make it to more movies in a year than you do because I do kind of cause some of the pre-screening stuff for us. Yes. And um, yeah, I think we've also watched a lot of these more recently. Like we've been watching one a night for the past two weeks so they're all a lot fresher in my mind. I yeah, think. I wanted to watch them as they came out because in a regular year, that's what we would have been doing. But you were like, no, let's bank them all for our Christmas break, our holiday break, and just watch a ton. And the reason why... I the, think I was right, though. Well, yes and no. I also had to catch up with a bunch of 2020 films from my other podcast, yeah. Treasure of the Movie. So it's But been... this, this got two or maybe just one. This got some Hindi movies onto your uh, Trash on the Movies top ten, which I yes. that doesn't always happen. Um, yeah, there's usually one, but mm-hmm. there there was two this year. So if you want to hear my my top ten of the year, you can go listen to my other podcast that I do with Paul Matwichak called Trash Around the Movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and I both reveal our top ten films of the year from anywhere in the world. Uh, so but yeah, this is one of those years where, like. Because everything is just being dumped onto a streaming platform, mm-hmm. there really isn't a ton of hype or kind of differentiation between the movies. Like, they're all kind of the same. They're they're given the same weight, really. Right. So, it was... it was You're getting indie movies like Cargo or... Um, or... Well, Luke Case was pretty small budget, too. Or Kali Peely. You're getting these movies... But then you're also getting AK vs. AK, which is this big um, Netflix, like, we're backing up our directors, we'll let them do mm. their passion projects, or Cooley Number 1, which is the closest thing you get to a traditional, like, masala blockbuster. Yeah. But, like, they're they're all at the same level, they're all the same even keel, and I think it's going to be a little bit difficult to, well, in one sense, it's going to be difficult to rank them or think about them, because... All of the theatrical experiences this year were us just sitting two feet <laughs> over there on the couch. But also, I mean, everything also got a chance. Yeah, I mean, I do think certainly some films got more promotion than others. But I think you're right in that, like, the streaming platform kind of allowed for kind of a even playing field. Well, think about how we saw Sancheria in theaters. I think it was in town for, like, two weeks. It was a week. And a lot of people in India didn't even get a chance to see it. And it's kind of yeah. like... 
an underground misunderstood classic i think everyone who saw it liked it um but this year everyone who got to watch everyone could watch whatever they wanted Mm -hmm. there was nothing it's not like the american movies too where wonder woman mulan you had to pay extra these are all just showing up on your streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. So I mean, provided you subscribe to a lot of these streaming platforms. Sure, but I think between these... We only I had to rent one movie. Yeah, we rented one. I don't think any of them were Eros Now specific. Some of them were Hotstar. Yeah, because Hotstar has that deal with Disney. Yeah. Because Disney Plus over in India is... But it's Netflix, Hotstar, Hotstar and Prime. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, really, if you want, this would be the year to try and watch all the movies if you wanted to. Because mm-hmm. basically everything was available. I I would have to check, but I don't think anything was at Eros Now only. No, I, I don't it. think so. I think there's also been a perception that these releases, the, the Hindi films that have been that have come out over the past six months are kind of bottom of the barrel. Uh, just kind of stuff that studios and distributors are dumping on streaming because they don't see the you know because they don't see the value because they're holding back their bigger titles and these are the ones that they weren't you know expecting to do as well theatrically although truly number one i feel like that was the the big experiment yeah yeah i and i think i think there is some truth to that these do feel like a smaller set of films than usual Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of kind of budget of the you don't get the three cons right no that but were they having movies coming out in 2020 anyway I guess they moved. Well, Amir Khan was going to do his Forrest Gump. Thing. Yeah, but Shahrukh, I don't know if he was in anything supposedly this year. Yeah, it's kind of a year off. And then um, Salman, I mean, he had a big 2019. The pandemic has just—I mean, it's—it's it's just kind of—it's changed every aspect of our. Is lives. Chubal Pandey in that sort of cop universe? I don't think he is. I don't think so. Because like, if he showed up in what is it, Suryavanshi, the. Because it's actually Kumar, Ranveer Singh, mm-hmm. and Ajay Devgan. But if they were able to rope Debong in too, I mean, that would be that would be huge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, but Debong's not a Rohit Shetty film, so I know. But they could get the rights to him. I mean, they could probably if they wanted to have a big surprise. Yeah, people yeah. would go nuts. Yeah, so I guess like it does kind of feel like it's been a muted year. Mm-hmm. But I think there are some exciting films to discuss, and there's are some films that I was looking forward to even before I found out that they were going to be going straight to streaming. Yeah, there's some interesting things. I guess Gunge and Saxon is another one I could see having been a big push. Right, because Karen Johar and Yeah, and John people B. want Kapoor. John B. Kapoor to instantly become a giant star. Mm-hmm. Did she? I don't know. We'll see in a second. All right, well, I think, I think it's time to get into it. Okay, well, great. Here, I'll do this first one. <laughs> okay. Okay, we've already talked quite a bit about this first movie, Bulbul. Yeah, we should also, again, I, I think I already alluded to it, but for those of you who have maybe haven't listened to one of these style of episodes before, uh, we're going to go through a lot of films, so we're going to be very quick with mm-hmm. our summaries and our perceptions of them. Uh, again, stuff might be fresher in our memory than it usually is, but it's a lot of movies to get through. And, you know, films we discuss in these episodes, we still sometimes include, you know, more robust reviews in other episodes or we yeah. have already recl- done a more robust review so yeah. this is kind of like a survey yeah um those are quick hits uh so bubble it's a netflix movie um people really like this movie yes um we talked about it with matthew stepanik on our halloween episode because it fit into the um 
you know, mystical woman murders people genre. <laughs> yes. And I don't know. I think this was all all flash and no substance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the uh, the way at which it was shot was actually very annoying. Uh, all these red filters over everything that is not a directorial style. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I just don't think it understands the horror genre that well. Yeah, and I... Yeah, so it was directed by Ambita Dutt, uh, produced by Anushka Sharma's Clean Slate Films, which we've loved everything else they've put out. And they had yeah. a great year earlier I mean, in 2020. Or they, they had a big hit earlier in 2020 Patolo, with Patola. Which we talked about. And it's well worth watching. I mean, I thought Pari was pretty good, but I loved it, the other Clean Slate projects yeah but this one i really like Folari. Folari, i feel like Folari's good does not get Folari, enough i think about all the time because it, it, it was a smart way of kind of talking about the uh the uh the sikh massacre in the 20s mm-hmm. uh, like it seems like it's going to be a fluffy ghost rom-com but it's actually fairly serious and i think it, it's a good way to shake up the ghost rom-com too yeah it's a good but movie. this one i mean it's playing in that same sort of like Pari as well, a monster woman, and in Filari, she's a ghost woman. Yeah. This one is also a monster woman, and I just don't think it's that successful. And I, I feel like the people who really liked it typically just don't like horror movies. So mm. this is like kind of a horror movie for people who don't like horror movies? Yeah, I wondered if we were bringing too much of a, a, like a preconceived understanding of genre or a preconceived... Um, desire to for it to fit into a genre maybe. that maybe it doesn't though i do tr- i do think it's trying to do some gothic things mm-hmm. uh it i mean it didn't ultimately work for us i would have liked to have seen it fleshed out a bit more um so again we have a a, a longer review of this film you but can click on that and find out the the basic plot is that it is set during the bengal presidency uh and it's about a child bride uh kind of i don't want to give too much away well she has to marry uh, rahobos and his brother's there and it's awkward and then uh, when she's older she gets upset when she is separated from her brother-in-law played by avnish tawari yeah she's played by nice Trichy dimri yeah and people have been praising her a lot and i thought she was pretty good yeah yeah this is i mean like i have a mixed reaction to this film but i'd like to see more from Tripti Dimri. I'd like to see more from from Anvita Dutt. Like I think Rahobos eh, could pump the brakes a little bit on him. He yeah. was he was definitely the part that kind of screwed up the whole movie. Yeah. So like like we said, why are we spending so much time discussing a movie that we've already discussed? Yeah. Go listen to that episode. We'll even tell you all the names of the people who are in it, <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully we pronounce them correctly. Uh, so moving on. So like I said, that film came out in June. And then moving into July, we have Dilbachara. Okay, so here's another kind of... This one had a lot riding on it. Yeah, and I, I don't... And it wasn't the movie's fault. Yes, I don't want to get into some of the larger discussions and issues around this film. Um, some of them relate to the death of Sushant Singh Rajput and some of them relate to accusations made against the director Mukesh Chabra. Uh, so we'll put that aside for now. You can look it up yourself but you probably already know if you listen to us. Yes. Uh, Dilbachara is an official remake 
or an official adaptation of The Fault in Our Stars, John Green's beloved YA novel about two young adults with cancer who fall in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Tiffios fan. I love the book. I loved the film. You've also read the book and seen the film. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I don't think it's my favorite John Green novel. Uh, oh, but what's it's your probably favorite my Green favorite novel? John Green movie, I guess. I mean, Paper Towns was okay. Uh, I liked An Abundance of Catherine's better. Oh, okay. But like that's obviously I'm gonna like the difficult sophomore project <laughs> better. Um, I still haven't seen the Looking for Alaska show. I should really. Yeah, I liked Turtles All the Way Down too. I thought that was really interesting. Right. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we are John Green fans, and I think I think Tiffios is really a, a beautiful story that manages to find a way to make kind of the traditional weepy a lot more interesting and a lot more meaningful than things like love story. My mm-hmm. my podcast Rush in the Movies actually did an episode on Tiffios and Love Story. Mm-hmm. I hate love story. Can't stand it. Uh Tiffios I think like is very like the film I hate love stories. That's, that's you. <laughs> yes. Yes, and I'm I'm talking about the uh the Ally McGraw love means never having to say you're sorry love story. Yeah. Uh, also so- about someone who died. <laughs> So, as we said, this stars Shant Singh Rajput. He is playing the Augustus Waters character. Here he's named Manny. And Sanjana Sangi is playing the Hazel Lancaster character. Uh, here named Kizzy. And it is it is a very, I would say, straightforward adaptation of The Fault in Our Stars. It really does kind of hit all the check marks. There's some minor alterations to the original story. I mean, they screw here, up the... The uh, older artist character, basically. Yes. So here, instead of, I'm just going to call her Hazel, Hazel being obsessed with a reclusive writer, she is obs- who, who kind of finishes his book in the middle of a sentence. She is obsessed with a, uh, a composer, a, a musician. Played by Saifili Khan. Which I think is great casting. He is good casting. You in, just don't get enough of him. In the Hollywood version, it's Willem Dafoe. Also great casting. Uh, which is great casting. When I heard Saifili Khan was going to do this, I thought that was perfect. And I think, I think he's very good in it, but I do think they make, the film makes some decisions around that character that I don't entirely agree with. Well, you with. don't get enough of him. Yeah, and they also kind of like, again, I think making it a... I understand why they would make it about a musician because of the importance of music to to Bollywood. And here the songs are done by A.R. Rahman. Like, Mm -hmm. doesn't get any more more impressive. But I just, like, I don't know. I don't know if I buy someone putting out an unfinished album. Like, I get Well, unfinished album, like, you could have rarities and B-sides and things, but it's like a song that just stops, right? Mm -hmm. That's weird. Uh, I also... I, I don't think that the film gets to kind of the soul of of the book, unfortunately. I think it has some good moments. Um, it, and it, it was emotional watching Sushant Singh Rajput for the last time. He is an actor who I am quite fond of. I don't think he has great chemistry with Sanja Sanghi. Um, I do like her. I'm interested to see more from her. She yeah. briefly appeared in kind of the opening um, kind of romance backstory in Hindi Medium. Uh, so, I don't know. I have. I such... think the mom screws it up. Squash Mukherjee. <gasps> right. She's like way more angry and kind of against this whole thing. And it introduces just... For like cheat drama's sake, like oh I hate that boy, don't like him. They really changed 
change that character. And that really upset me because I want more for Swastika Mukherjee. And you and like I, Laura Dern in the original. I do like Laura Dern. And I like the character of the mother in, in the book as well. I just, I, I disagree with what they did with her. And it's strange to see her playing the mother when like, she plays like a femme fatale type character yeah. uh, in Detective Yomkesh Bakshi. Yeah, they're, they're roughly the same age. The other thing is it's also pretty weird for a guy with one leg to do a huge oh uh, dance number, which I think we're going to play that song. We do like that song. Yeah, we uh, are going to play that song. But, but yeah. I was immediately like, oh. Is this he, before he loses he his He doesn't leg? have one leg in this. And then and then later on it's like, oh, no, he still does. Yeah. But but that dance sequence was not. It's a really good fake leg. <laughs> yeah. But so, he does the whole like pretending to smoke cigarettes thing. And yeah, they still include They that. also age it up to college which i think is fine i think that works well well that makes it so that when they sleep together it's not as uh um, but do they sleep i don't yeah that's i think it's more ambiguous it is is ambiguous in this one but that is the thing that has pissed off teachers across well teachers and librarians across the united states really is that uh, about john green's novels yeah is that teenagers have sex yeah. Which they do in real life all the time. I think there's, there was like a big blowjob controversy about looking for Alaska, right? Something like that. But like those it's books been a while get, since I read those it. books get contested all the time. Yeah. And that's why. And even though like people in the schools may have kids or have had sex with each other, it's often on like a banned books list, which is wild to me. Well, and because we, these are like <laughs> they're very um I hesitate to say traditional, but like if your teen reads these books, they're going to be fine. Yeah, I mean... They're very heartwarming and, like... We're derailing slightly, but no one here... No one in a John Green novel is having casual sex. No, it's like a big thing with their true love. Yeah, or, like, it's 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 all about the emotional connection. Think of it as a dance sequence in the rain, but as a book version. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to just kind of... I think, ultimately... I found Del Bachara a little disappointing. I, I I thought a Bollywood version of Tiffios could work really well. And I think just... Ugh, I wish they would have Bollywooded it up more. Yeah. You get, that, you get that nice... Well, the kind of puzzling but fun dance sequence at the beginning. But it could have done a lot more with that. Instead, it does more sort of sad songs over montages, which is fine. But you could do that, yeah. in, you could do that in American movies. There's... There's things that can be done in a uh, Bollywood song and dance sequence yeah. that I think would have been exciting and would have made this more of a Bollywood adaptation. Yeah, it kind of ticks all the boxes, but I just, I emotionally couldn't connect with it in a way that I was hoping to. Mm-hmm. And and then I think this other stuff hanging over it is, has made it a, yeah. a difficult film to really kind of assess what you think. Um, but Sushant Singh Raj put... He's good. He's good, and you know, you and I will both miss him. Yeah. Oh, and that came out on Hotstar. Yeah. So next up is Shakuntala Devi, which came out from Prime, thirty first of July. Uh, So this is a, according to the Wikipedia page, a biographical comedy drama, which is kind of weird. I would just say it was a bio biopic of Shakuntala Devi, who is a woman who was known as the Human Computer. She grew up in 1930s Bangalore and has an ability to do math very, very quickly in her head, mm-hmm. which is picturized very similarly to Super 30 with a bunch of numbers flying all over the place. That's how they always picture it. That's how you math. have to do it, yeah. I don't remember what they did in uh, 
A Beautiful Mind. They did the same thing in A Beautiful Mind. Yeah, there's only, and Sherlock, he does that all the time. There's only so many ways that you can actually make math, like, visually interesting. Um, but it, it, she's an interesting character because she um, leaves leaves India, goes to London, and spends most of the movie in London, I would say, mm-hmm. whereas her, her daughter moves to Bangalore later. But, like, she um, kind of leaves her family because they're assholes, really. Like, her father... Played by uh, Prakash Belawadi, who you always see this guy. He's like, I think he was the the annoying guy in Airlift who mm-hmm. wouldn't leave uh, actually Kumar alone. Like this guy's always a problem. <laughs> um, but like he's he's essentially just making his daughter do ten shows a week of her math thing, which it's also very funny that people would hire someone to do math for them for fun. Um, it would be. Yeah, she does these like performances where she's on stage and people ask questions and she just tells them the answer. Yeah, and like she eventually feels like I'm just making all the money for this family. I don't get any respect. I'm just going to go to England. And she meets a hot uh, Spanish guy there yeah. uh, Javier. named Javier. Uh, J silent, she says, because the J is silent mm-hmm. in Javier. And kind of eventually becomes the toast of town. She goes on TV and defeats a supercomputer. And the movie just follows her from the 30s till about the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. And eventually her kind of fractious relationship with her daughter, who's played by Senya Malhotra. And essentially, since she never got to have a normal childhood, she never really went to school, she was always performing, her daughter also doesn't really get to have a normal childhood because she's pulled between her two parents. Her dad's like a functionary in Bangalore and her mother's this jet-setting math queen so like she doesn't get to be a normal child and uh, I think a lot of the conflict between the two of them comes through that mm-hmm. um, I thought this movie was decent it's a it's an interesting person to have a biopic about and it does that kind of visualization mm-hmm. of math but I mean it, it kind of her husband's it... from Calcutta by the way just to oh it's Calcutta right yeah just yeah. to clarify that but like I don't know if it really rises above the idea that like yeah, she was an interesting person. I don't really know if we know much about her as a person. We we get that she was kind of trying to get money and doing all these different schemes, writing books, becoming an astrologer, and her her daughter's pissed off about this. And she was interested in having people accept homosexuality. She was. She wrote, she wrote a book about it for she some. Wrote a book about she writes a book about it for some reason, but she pissed off her daughter by saying, "Yeah, I was married to a gay man, and that's why we broke up." And it's like, no, you weren't. <laughs> We watched this film last night, and I have to say, the more I think about it, this is the last film we watched for this episode, and the more I think about it, the more I like it. I I think that Vidya Balan gives, at first, what I thought was kind of a broad performance, but as It's the, that person. I think she is yeah, a very theatrical person. As the film went on, it felt more like a deliberate choice, mm-hmm. and I think she's fantastic in it. I, yeah. I think she's really great. Age, makeup, could yeah, be better. Yeah, yeah. Wigs could be better. Difficult to tell how old she's supposed to be. Because I think she's got to be like 75 years old by the end of the movie. But she Maybe. just looks like, I don't know, a hard 52. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think we need to tell anyone how great Video Balan is. But this is another yeah, film that just like, again, shows you what an incredible talent she is. And that she's one of the best actresses currently working in Hindi cinema. I think the dirty picture, if we want to talk oh, about Video Balan, biopics about interesting women. I mean, I think that... Kind of had more going on filmically. Yeah. Because it's playing with that sort of 80s, sort of sleazy look. Whereas yeah. this this is very brightly lit and looks nice the whole time. I actually thought it looked great, but it just kind of 
you know, is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very straightforward in telling its story. I like the fact that the, the driving force in this film is this, re- is this relationship with her daughter and the complexity of that. I think that's the a great choice. The daughter is suing her at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't know if they gave Samuel Malhotra enough to do? They I gave do. her a lot of horrible 80s clothes to wear. <laughs> yeah, you were like aghast at her fashion. I do want to say, Video Balance wardrobe throughout this film is fantastic. Yeah, she looks good the whole time. Oh my she God. wears these fancy saris. I, and if, you, if you want to watch dresses. a movie just for clothes, highly yeah. recommend. Uh, I, I just, I think maybe they needed to do more to flesh out Sanya Malhotra's character. All she does is like yell at her mother, basically. Yeah, I just, I think. And I don't think it's... I think Samuel Malhalter is working with what she's been given. There's also a little bit of hinting that Shaka Taylor Davy is like coaching her daughter to also be a math genius. Mm-hmm. But there's another movie about that later on, which we'll, we'll yeah. get into. Uh, overall, I did really enjoy this film. And, uh, you know, we have a friend who is a mathematician. And we have a couple movies now about math. So I, I am kind of interested in maybe inviting her on to discuss maths movies. Uh, if people like that idea, let us know. Yeah, let's let's know if the exceedingly specific genre of math-based um, <laughs> biopics, really, the two you're thinking of, mm-hmm. they're both math biopics, so <laughs> if you want to watch that. All right, well, that brings us to Luke Case. This, this is, is a, fun. Yeah, this is a film I've been movie. anticipating for a while, because I feel like I saw the trailer like, forever ago. This is a killer cast. Yeah, it really is. This is, this is a fun movie. I will say it... Our reaction might be a bit muted because it shares a lot of plot details with something that came out earlier in the year that I think is maybe a bit more successful. But I... Which one was that? Choked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I I still really enjoyed this. And yeah, it's it's got such a good cast. A lot of like character actors really kind of given it. (laughs) Yeah. So this says Kunal Kemu and Raska Dougal as the main characters. Then you get... Vijay Raj. I, hey, Raska Sh- Dougal's great. She's good. Yeah. I love her. But for a murderer's row of like the <laughs> the side guys, yeah. Vijay Raj, Ranveer Shori, and Gajraj Rao, mm-hmm. and a suitcase named Joy Bagman. <laughs> very funny joke. Anytime someone does like something men, very good. Um, so this is about a guy who works at like a printing plant. And he, uh, one night while uh, rocking a piss in an alley... <laughs> He finds a, a, a red... A whiz, Matt. Come on. You're he's, abandoning your one thing. He's rocking a, he's rocking a whiz. He, um, he finds a red suitcase with one broken wheel full of money. Mm-hmm. And you find out that Gajraj Rao, who is like a sort of corrupt minister type guy, he's supposed to be buying... He's supposed to be getting bought off or something by Vijay Raz, who's a gangster... Gangster who loves the National Geographic channel, which is a very funny sort of uh, character uh, beat for him. So there's a there's a dirty deal going on between a gangster and a politician. And then this guy, just a normal guy, finds all the money and takes it home. He actually is looking after his neighbor's apartment and he puts it in there. And what we thought was going to be kind of like a, a run and gun sort of like Kali Peely, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, a run and gun sort of like... What if a normal guy gets caught in like a gangster world? This is more like how difficult it would be to get rid of a bunch of hard currency. See, this is how it's similar to Choked. It is Choked. Yeah, because like in Choked, her big her big uh, splash out is like, ooh, new home furnishings. <laughs> and in this, like 
you can't blow up your spot by just buying a bunch of stuff or uh, he actually looks at buying a new apartment, but uh, that doesn't really work that well. But like if you found a bunch of money and you didn't want to get caught, you can't buy a bunch of stuff right away because <laughs> yeah. you'll get caught. So how do you like sort of slowly, you know, uh, quantitative easing? There's a there's a blast from 2008 right there. How do you sort of like slightly increase your your life without your wife knowing <laughs> Uh, and also without gathering attention to the fact that you found a suitcase full of money. And it also, uh, even though he tries not to have this happen, ends in a giant shootout. Lots of fun gangster stuff happens eventually. But like the middle part of the movie is, how does this guy like sort of just deal with the fact that he's got a bunch of dough? It's fun. Yeah, I I think this is a really fun movie. I encourage people to check it out. It, I think it's one of the kind of brighter it's a spots. Gem. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hidden gem, one of the brighter spots of the year. Also, we know a money launderer, and now yeah. that we have two movies about money laundering, this is where we funnel all of our dirty <laughs> podcast money is through uh, Jerry the Money Launderer, not his real name. But we might get him on to talk about it. Uh, all I of am, our black money goes to to Jerry. Uh, I am obviously just making a joke about, and I'm obviously <laughs> never telling Aaron about Jerry the Money Launderer. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, next we have Rat Aklihe, uh, which is one of the first of two films starring Nawazuddin Siddiqui. That Another Netflix release. Went to Netflix uh, and also again stars Radhika Apte, who is well known to Netflix audiences. Uh, you mean Radflix audiences. <laughs> I, I love the Radflix promo. So this is directed by Honey Trehan, uh, and as I said, stars Nawazuddin Siddiqui and Radhika Apte. Uh, it's, a, it's a murder mystery. So Nawazuddin Siddiqui plays a cop who is called to the home of, I don't some important guy. He's a rich guy. This is in, some rich this guy. This is in Lucknow. Yeah. So some Uttar rich Pradesh. guy with political affiliations. Turns out he's a horrible rich guy. A horrible rich guy. Uh, he's called to his home uh, the night of the rich guy's wedding because he has been shot and his face has been kind of... Smashed. Smashed in with the butt of a rifle. Radhika Apte was the much younger woman that he was marrying at that the day. time that yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, so, th- again, this is a murder mystery. So, Nawazuddin Siddiqui kind of gets drawn in to uh, a corrupt world and the hidden secrets among this family. Uh, we've seen a lot of comparisons to noir with this film. I don't think it's a noir. I, I, it's not quite a noir, but it's certainly a downbeat murder mystery. But it's got some visual, like sort of signifiers of noir sometimes. But yeah, we're very specific about noir. <laughs> yes, we are very specific about noir. But uh, I, I would say fans of noir should check this out. I, oh, yeah. I, I understand why people are making the comparison. Because, again, it, it has that kind of existential, misanthropic, um, Vatavaran vibe. Yeah. But Nwazin Siddiqui's character, like, he's a good guy the he's whole movie. He's a good guy, yeah. Like, he's, he's not tempted. Well, I mean, I guess, okay. So the one thing is that he met Radhika Apte five years earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was getting beaten up by her husband on a train, as I recall, wanting to uh, jump off of it. And he convinces her not to. Was it her husband? Someone. Someone. She's having a bad time on a train. She wanted to kill herself. And then he talks her out of it. And then five years later, he finds that she's in this other uh, terrible situation. And he's a little bit torn because he kind of has a thing for Radhika Apte, who doesn't. And he definitely takes her aside right away. Like, he mm-hmm. does not really ever think that she's in on it. And I'm not going to say who did it. 
but um, it, it definitely sort of uh, tempers his reaction to the case. But he's always just a good guy. Yeah, I actually felt a bit more Christie about this than I did Noir, as in Agatha Christie. Kind yeah. of like, here is our cast of characters. These these were all the people who it's were kind of... It's a drawing room mystery. He does exactly. call everyone to the room and ex- tell everyone what happened. That also it, happens in The Thin Man, too, right? Exactly. I think it has... Well, The Thin Man's not quite a Noir. <laughs> I know, but it's also... It's that classic detective calls everyone over and yes. then reveals everyone and says like, and then this guy was about to do something, but then this happened. Yeah. And that's uh, always very satisfying. You love to see that. Yeah. I thought this was a very satisfying murder mystery. I don't want to give too much away. I think you kind of explaining that Nawazuddin Siddiqui and Radhika Apte had met in the past. You find I, that in the first five minutes. Yeah. And, and I think like the kind of connection between the two of them is one of the reasons why it doesn't feel super noir to me. Yeah. Um, not that we need to make this podcast about what is and isn't noir all the time. He also, his big thing is that he lives with his mother and he's trying to get married or she wants to marry him off. And then he's just like, well, I just found her out of character. I feel like (laughs) she was about to get married. Uh, yeah, I really, I really like this. I thought it was a really satisfying. This is my second favorite Hindi movie of the year. I'm going to check. Really? This over the pod? Yeah. Huh. Uh, cause I know what Matt's favorite of the year is my favorite is the pad if people are curious uh yeah i thought this was really satisfying murder mystery good thriller lots of twists and turns everything added up uh and it really like it kept me on my toes i will say mm-hmm. uh e- even if i don't think the conclusion was all that surprising the ride to get there was thrilling so i i really recommend this this i would say if you're a person who watches and reads a lot of mysteries you might figure it out. Yeah. And also... But it's um, well done. It's also... A problem that you get specifically in movies is that uh, the people you hire for the different roles, you're just like, okay, well, why is she doing this role? Oh, yeah. You kind of know who's going to be important based on... Well, I've seen her in a bunch based of Based on the actors. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, I was wrong. This is my third favorite. My second favorite is Choked, and my first favorite is TBA. <laughs> okay fair enough uh but yeah that's a great so that's rat ackley high yeah i actually recommended it to a couple mystery authors at my work i thought this was a cool way of doing what is essentially like a locked room mystery mm-hmm. and also uh there's some cool sort of uh a couple years ago some stuff happened we find out about that and the way that those link together was very satisfying yeah again i just like i thought I've had a very satisfying film. Yeah. And and it has a lot of visual style and the acting is great. Like I I haven't it's great. With all these movies, I've been wondering, like, so do you think this one would have done well as a theatrical release, or would it have been a Netflix movie to begin with? I don't know. I think it kind of works as a Netflix movie. Yeah, because I think that kind of homey um mystery solving thing works pretty well. Like it's not if you're talking Agatha Christie, this is not shot like the new murder on the Orient Express. Ugh, Death on the Nile. I want it to come out so badly. Yeah, but this is like you know, it's it's not a super high budget movie, but it it is it is set in a place and a time that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been I've been curious about a half of these. Like, would that have done well? And also, isn't it nice that just sort of like a regular 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 mystery story with two appealing main characters is something that still happens in Hindi movies and it doesn't have to be blown up by Kenneth Branagh to be this huge thing. Yeah. Like this huge CGI hey, affair. come on. Yeah, I I really like Kenneth Branagh. Branagh I like that movie a lot too, yeah. but it's shot like a superhero movie. That's part of why it's so exciting. Exactly. <laughs> this is, 
I would say that this is probably closer to Knives Out, but not yes. very funny. <laughs> if you liked Knives Out but didn't like the jokes, check this one out. And on that note, we have Gunjan Saxena, the Cargill girl. Hard that, to say. That is, that is a bit of a twin twister, the Cargill girl. Why not the Cargill woman? Uh, she well, was pretty young, I guess. I. This is another film that kind of has some baggage, we'll yeah. say, surrounding it that I can't. I, I can't get into, but I know that there is a vocal minority, vocal group, uh, that feels that it is unpatriotic, which has prompted, I think, Kanga Ranawit. Of course. Starring in like an Asylum-esque remake of it, maybe. It, it, saying something <sighs> that something is uh, unpatriotic is like the bad signal for Kanga Ranawit to show up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is from... This There's, is, it's just one line, too. If that one line wasn't there, no controversy. Well, from what I understand... Well, first we'll explain the film. So it stars jean V. Kapoor as... Gunjan Saxena. Gunjan Saxena, who was one of the first women to join the Indian Air Force and the only woman to be at the Cargill War. She's definitely a, a like a first. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean like an a, and an impressive woman who, you know, deserves a strong biopic Flying made rescue her. missions in the middle of armed conflict, that's pretty rough. Yeah. Now, obviously, I think I've already tipped my head that I do not know much about the cargo conflict by questioning. We've only seen it in two movies. <laughs> whether or not to call it um, a war. was the other one, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I I really enjoyed this. I thought it was really strong. Uh, in addition to jean V. Kapoor, we also have Pankaj Tripathi, who... He's wonderful. ...plays her father, and he does, like... Oh, God, he's such a good dad. Like... Mm-hmm. So good. Really encouraging of his daughter. Who, it's nice to see him be a sweet character. Yeah, who wants to be a pilot. Okay, so hold on, hold on. So the first 10 minutes of this movie made me very angry. Because what we're told about Jean V. Kapoor's character is that she wants to be a pilot. Okay? Mm-hmm. She, when she's little, not played by Jean V. She's played by someone else. She gets to go on. She's on an airplane. She gets to see the cockpit. She loves it. It makes it so cool. But... The first 10 minutes is her trying and failing to actually become a commercial pilot. So mm-hmm. she's told, okay, you have to finish grade 10. You could become a commercial pilot. So she finishes her grade 10, goes to see the commercial pilot guy. And he's like, no, you got to get your grade 12 now. She's like, okay. Mm-hmm. So she goes for two years, gets her grade 12, comes back. The guy's like, oh, no, you got to you gotta get a degree in university. We don't actually know what she gets a degree in, but she later has trouble holding on a conversation about, like, world affairs. Right. So maybe it was in basket weaving or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, then she comes back and it's like, oh, you can't do it because of this. And, like, just, like, call the, ha- call the building every couple days or so. Like, give but- it a couple months. Like, she is obsessed with flying an airplane. Yeah. And that was just a stupid way of showing, like... To get some comedy out of the fact that the way that you would join the commercial air industry changed. She eventually, her dad shows her a want ad for the first woman to join the Air Force. And that's how she does it. I just thought that was a stupid way of introducing us to this character by making her look stupid. But I think it also kind of sets up that she's going to have to overcome a lot of barriers. And I mean, ultimately, I think this film really addresses sexism in a compelling and digestible way. Yeah, I mean, no, like, that's and the I, main I, focus. I, I just got annoyed by the beginning. I don't mean that as faint praise. There were 
aspects of this film that reminded me of of hidden figures now obviously hidden figures is 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 not just about sexism it is also dealing with racism uh but there's the same kind of issue here where jean v kapoor like they they've never had a woman in the indian air force here at whatever training camp or base she's at and i know nothing about the military (laughs) But they won't let her fly. And, no one wants to fly yeah, with her. Yeah, so they've never had a woman there, so they don't have a woman's change room. And so yeah. she keeps having to kind of go back to her her dorm room to do so, and then she keeps being late. And it reminded me exactly of the scene in Hidden Figures where one of the women has to kind of go across campus to get to the colored washroom because they don't have... Quote, unquote. ...a women's washroom. Yeah. Uh, a colored women's washroom that is closer for her to use. And so, you know, I I think maybe, like, the way that this film deals with the issues of sexism might be a bit kind of... We've seen it before. It's nothing unique. Like, I don't think they found a unique way to tell this story. Mm-hmm. But I think it is an interesting story. I think it is well done. And I think Jean-Pierre Kapoor gives a great performance. I think the thing that was most impressive, like, she was pretty good. She's good. Panka Tripathi, very oh, entertaining. He, I, this you could definitely tell the money was on the screen because there's yes, a lot of great you really aerial liked shots. That. That's great. The, and that's that Karen Johar money. It's on the screen. Yeah, they are flying around real helicopters in canyons and stuff. Like it looks great. Mm-hmm. They they had to nail that because uh, I think it was Mosam Mosam, the Shahid Kapoor movie we watched about the cargo war. Oh right, he's a fighter pilot and. The uh, like the graphics that they had for the planes looked so bad. Like they looked like it right. was basically um, PlayStation One graphics. This looked great. Yeah, I think it looked really good because it was real. They were actually flying helicopters. I don't know if she was doing it. Probably not. But like, I don't someone... think she's Tom Cruise, man. Yeah, but someone was <laughs> flying a helicopter and it looked cool. And you got good drone photography following the helicopter around. So like they nailed that aspect of it. And in the end, I was like, yeah, yeah. this works. It's I think little, it's... it's a little on the nose, but it gets the job done. I think it's really compelling. I think it's a good family movie. She apparently didn't like that uh, it portrayed the Indian Air Force so sexist. She said in an interview, like, it wasn't quite like that, but... Well, and and also the film got caught up in a lot of the discussion around nepotism. Yeah. What with it starting... She's always going to have that, though. John B. Kapoor. She should have changed her name. Produced by Karen Johar. And then the line that pissed everyone off is that uh, the Air Force doesn't want uh, patriots. It needs uh, people who want to serve, which is not necessarily the same thing. Yeah, or there's something like that. Something like that. Like, patriotism is not the ultimate good. It's actually willing to die for your country. Yeah. And, no, it's it's something like uh, we they don't need someone who is willing to die for the government. They're willing to... They need someone who's willing to die for the country. I think that was it. Yeah, it was... Again, like... I don't know. As Canadians, I think yeah. the concept of patriotism is really different for us. Uh, We've been called the first to like post-national country. Yeah. So I I mean, I think we're proud of Canada. We are proud to be Canadians. We are also also highly critical of Canada, though I think many Americans feel that way as well. But it's you think, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I'm sure, and and not just Americans. I'm sure like people around the world feel that about their countries. I think most people have a somewhat you know complicated view of the place they live. Yeah, patriotism is different here. Patriotism here is used to sell beer. 
Patriot, well, patriotism <laughs> is just like, isn't it great that you can get every kind of food wherever you live? Because all of these immigrants came and brought their their community, brought their society, and it became part of Canada because they didn't have to become a melting pot. They didn't have to change to become Canadian. You could move here and still be Somali and just do whatever you want. You could be Indian. You could do whatever you want. You, you can keep your own traditions here, mm-hmm. and yet you're still Canadian. And that's the sort of transitive nature of Canada. Is it's that, that and who has the best parka. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> once you move here and live through one winter, then you could start like being a bro about like, oh, it's so cold here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like we do all the time. <laughs> but like... It, God, we do do that. Yeah, we do. But Guys, it, it's cold. It's like uh, Rock Carrier said in his uh, song, Mon pays ce n'est pas un pays, c'est l'hiver. My country is not a country, it's winter. <laughs> Yes. Um, that's that's the true mark of a Canadian is if you could survive a Canadian winter not in Vancouver. Yeah. So I, I guess all of this is, is to say is, you know, there are aspects of the conversation around Gungeon Saxena that we don't have any context for. We don't have a lot of context for the Cargill War. We don't have a lot of context for Indian patriotism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a film, we enjoyed it. It was funny because my mom texted while we were watching it. We were having power outages. Yeah. And she texted to say, like, oh, has the power come back on? And I said, oh, yeah, and we're just, like, watching this movie. And I said, you know, we're watching a biopic about a young woman uh, who was one of the first women to join the Indian she Air Force. She flies helicopters, by the way. We should have mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. And my mom was immediately like, oh, what's the title? I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like, I, I think it is an interesting story. I think story. your mom would like it. Yeah, she might. There's only one part that really felt like, oh, this is the movie part, where her co-pilot whips out an AK-47 and starts... Like gunning down Pakistani guys, like yeah, that, that felt weird. just like okay. Like I could see her going in and rescuing people and stuff, but like straight up gunning people down with an AK forty seven out of the side of a moving helicopter that seemed a little bit far fetched. But feel free to prove me wrong if that's how they actually fought during the cargo. War. Yeah, I will say like she is. I think for me, like the way she's presented in the film, she's you root for her because a lot of what she's involved in is uh, like intelligence intelligence gathering and yeah. rescue missions she does recon and rescue missions she's not going out there killing people typically she's helping people who got shot down which is yeah that's yeah it's very um i, I mean it lines up well with what she was doing in real life but like it's it's hard to it's hard to get really uh, mixed up about the, how your feelings on the war are considering she's not really fighting the war she's yeah. just helping the people who are Whereas our next film, I have a oh, lot boy. of mixed emotions okay, about. Okay, I kind of like this movie, so I'll take charge. I like the way this movie looks. Awesome uh, soundtrack. I ideologically completely reject this movie. Awesome, ideologically, sound- awesome I just, soundtrack in this movie. I can't with this. So this, is classic, this is a tough watch, Matt. This is a very messy movie, but I oh. eventually got on its wavelength. I feel like it would have been better as like a six-episode TV show, maybe. But that was good. Uh, Class of 83. So this is uh, another Netflix movie based on a book called The Class of 83. Um, And, oh, this is a third collaboration with Red Chili's following Bard of Blood. And Betel, I don't know what that is. Haven't seen that. Uh, Anyway, this is essentially about the invention of uh, encounter killings. A topic that we've found a little bit distasteful, especially in... Oh, shoot out at Wadala, shoot out at Lakwandwala. Um, oh, you haven't seen it still, but Simba. 
Simba. He does the encounters in that. Yeah. I forget what movie it was. They were hiring a like a a crew of people to do a job, and they got this lady cop who was an encounter specialist. I don't remember. I and I'm gonna say like it was race three. I don't know. I think it's really tough for us because I think the feeling around an idea of an encounter killing in North America uh, is, you know, generally around the police abusing their power to outright murder people of color. Yeah. In Canada, your encounter killings would be, uh, I think we mentioned this before, but Starlight Tours, which is a horrible practice where indigenous indigenous people are picked up by Canadian cops and then just dropped out in the in the in the wasteland where it's forty below, and in the states a lot of black people just get shot by cops, and also in the states they have a thing I think it's called, uh, is it eminent domain? There's there's a um, a legal thing in the states where uh, cops can kind of like repossess your stuff, mm-hmm. and they use this for drug dealers most of the time, but this has become a huge part of police budgets is just finding rich criminals essentially repoing their stuff so that would be specifically targeting people to get their stuff mm-hmm. which pretty distasteful so in this I have, I have a hard time with these movies i yeah i just i i have I, a hard time with glorifying murdering cops um well cops who murder <laughs> different from murdering cops yes Thank but you. I, I just want to quickly um, recommend this Malayalam film I've seen, um, Mayanadi. Mayanadi? Mayanadi, um, which uh, kind of was one of the first films that got me thinking about encounter killings. And after I saw it, I started to notice more, more films in India, more Indian films about the topic of encounter killings and more films about glorifying them. Yeah. Uh, Mayanadi, that is not what it is doing. It is about um, a young man who kind of finds himself on the lam because he he murdered a cop and and an encounter killing. He think will he thinks will be planned against him if if the cops find him. Uh, that's that's a simple way to describe it. It's it's a it's a fantastic movie. I highly recommend it. For those of you who joining us and don't actually know what an encounter killing is, it's when the police specifically pick a gangster, usually a gangster. Uh, in this film, it's gangsters. To assassinate, essentially, mm-hmm. because they're a problem. And I guess in this movie, it doesn't really go into it as far as I could tell, but it's not like a cast thing, which I could see being another reason for encounter killings. Mm-hmm. This is specifically in 1983, a cop named Vijay Singh, who was played by Bobby Deal in the movie. Uh, he, he He's looking great, I want to say. Bobby Deal is Bobby look, looking great. I don't know if Bobby Deal's on the gear or what, but like he's huge. He's he's mm-hmm. jacked. I mean, we, we thought that in Race 3, too. He looked awesome. Very, very ripped. Uh, in this, he's a cop who, after a uh, trying to kill a gangster on a boat, I think his partner dies, and he's shaken by this experience. So he goes to be uh, in charge of the training camp mm-hmm. for cops. And, and this is where it becomes Police Academy. Well, yeah, it's Police Academy for a while because he picks the five worst cops in his class of 83. And essentially, he says that they're going to be uh, antibodies against the normal way that police work is done, i.e. not just murdering people. Because mm-hmm. uh, he picks them and kind of helps them get through the um, training. Uh, he picks them because they also break into the dean's house and try and beat him up because they're mad. 
which it's just like, oh, well, these guys will do whatever it takes. And he gets them placed in the um, Bombay police force and tells them sort of secretly, okay, so what we're really doing here is you're finding people in the criminal network and just murdering them. Um, so if you've ever seen the movie Phantom, which uh, Saif Ali Khan is playing a mm. sort of intelligence officer doing this, uh, trying to get uh, terrorists. Another or movie if, I or had Munich. difficulty with. Yeah, or I've Munich. actually never seen Munich. Munich is good. Munich, which is about Israeli sort of commando guys mm-hmm. who are trying to get the perpetrators of, I think it was called the Black November. It was when... Um, the Olympics, right? Yeah, the terrorists killed Israeli athletes at the Olympics in the 70s. But it's another sort of like secret organization going out to specifically murder people. And it follows these five guys over the course of their career, probably from the late 80s up until the mid 90s. Um, so the thing that I didn't really like about the movie is that it does not differentiate too much between these five guys. Like it's tough mm-hmm. to remember who they are. You remember what they look like. But they also become dirty cops and get paid off by the gangsters themselves. Yeah. It's very seedy. Uh, I thought it had a really interesting sort of seedy look. It was very I liked brown, well. sepia tone. It looked like it was trying to be sort of a grindhousey '80s movie, and I think a lot of times that looks too um, digital and cleaned up for that to work. But this, right. like the shadows, are very dark, and the um, the grain of the film it's probably digital but whatever they did to it it looks Mm -hmm. like an 80s movie yeah it also had a cool 80s synthy soundtrack i remember early on i kind of said like man this image quality is really shitty and as the film went on i was like oh i'm I'm really digging this. it's shitty on purpose yeah like i'm really digging this this looks really good i i really like the look of this film but I could not get away from the idea that I feel like it's glorifying police corruption. It's 100%. Well, it's glorifying a specific kind of police corruption, which is specifically murdering people in the criminal organizations and then getting famous because of it. And the the papers are just saying like, oh, this guy's got 87 kills. You know what? It, it, it reminds me of The Untouchables. You remember that? Yeah. One of my least favorite Brian De Palma films. You know, he brings a gun, you bring a, he brings a knife, you bring a gun. You put one of theirs in the hospital, he puts one of yours in the morgue. Like, that's the Chicago way, where it's, and public enemies as well, specifically cops, like, targeting gangsters in the American, in American 30s. Public Enemies is another movie that the look of it I thought was really shitty, and now I actually realize what Michael Mann is doing. Yeah. But it's not something you see really in Western cinema these days, because... Uh, ostensibly cops are not allowed to do this they've found lots of legal ways to get around it yeah but you're not supposed to specifically go out and kill criminals whereas in this it it portrays a world in which uh well i think the problem is that it didn't show you bombay being completely overrun with crime enough that you thought you would even think that would be a good idea it, it, it yeah. assumes that you know this yeah that's fair i mean we do get kind of an interesting um like there's a there's a couple of kind of like info dumps about kind of Bombay at the time, which I found really fascinating. I just, yeah, I, I had such a mixed reaction to this movie because I think aspects of it are really well done. I think it looks really great. Uh, I really enjoyed kind of the, the milieu, but ideologically I, I can't get on board with this. And, and that's, that's, that's what's me. I thought it, it was a, what it is. I thought it was a good movie. I also don't think that cops should be able to unilaterally murder people, but I was able to kind of 
just sort of push that under and <laughs> not worry about it. This yeah, time. I guess to a certain extent, like you're able to distance yourself because it's set in the 80s. And mm-hmm. yeah. But we also see encounter killings in movies set nowadays. So that's always going to be an issue. Yeah. And Phantom, you have the same problem too. Phantom was like. I'm at least consistent with my issue. <laughs> well, the thing about Phantom was. It was based on a real terrorist attack, but it was... Such wish fulfillment. Yeah, it was like fan fiction of how I would kill the terrorists, which is... That's weird. At least this actually happened. Yeah, and again, I find it... I mean, sorry, we don't need to get into Phantom, but... But also, these these guys, they did get booted off the force. Like, I think eventually their crimes caught up to them, and one of them gets killed, so... Yeah. um, But it could have done more to differentiate the, the actual class... The only person I remember is Bobby Deal. Who's not a part of the class. There's a guy who kind of looks like Bronson Pinchot. Uh, he was kind of the the hair trigger wild man of this class of guys who murder people. I remember him. But that's it. All right. Now it's time for Interval. <laughs> oh, that's like, fun, no? Like a very anticlimactic move to Interval. Uh, we're going to be listening to the Dil Bachara title song. This is the one where, again, as I saw Sushant Singh Rajput, I thought... Does Augustus water does Augustus Waters not have a false leg? Just like, imagine a guy with one leg doing, doing these dance moves uh, and being amazed. Yeah, I will say like it's a good song. It's a good song. Uh, a lot of the music from this kind of collection of films didn't really stick out to me. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's kind of again because a lot of them were streaming. I certainly think there were some good songs, but this is the one we're going with. Enjoy. Friends on camera. On December 12, 1921, Edmontonians went to the polls and made history. At the time, Edmonton was just a tiny place on the map, comprised of just 59,000 people and still reeling from the devastating aftermath of a world war and a global pandemic. During that election, a woman the press described as a housewife received 3,341 votes and became our city's very first female councillor. Her name? Izena Ross. Join me, Stacey Brotzel, and my co-host Kim Ann Wilson on January 19th when we launch Searching for Izena, Unwomanly Stories of Female Leadership at Edmonton City Hall. With Pond Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Glass Bookshop Radio, the official podcast of Glass Bookshop. Founded by Jason Purcell and Matthew Stepanek, Glass Bookshop is an independent bookseller in Edmonton, Alberta that focuses on Canadian writing with special attention to LGBTQS2+. LGBTQ2S+, and BIPOC writers, and the independent publishers who help to produce their work. Tune in to Glass Bookshop Radio for interviews with their favorite writers, publishers, and readers. 
To listen and read more, head on over to glassbookshopradio.com. Okay, so that was the main title song from Dil Betra. Uh, mm-hmm. And now we're going to talk about Cargo, which supposedly 2019 film, but I guess that was at some festivals probably. I think it was supposed to play at South By. Yeah, it looks like it premiered at 2019 Mommy. Oh, film okay, festival. yeah, that's like the, the Mumbai Film Festival. Yeah, but it uh, was a Netflix movie on 9th of September 2020. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really interesting movie. I think this We're might be... going by like wide release, Indian yeah. release. Well, Indian release will be important for a film later, but yeah, yeah. kind of like wide release. Yeah, wide release in that it all was on <laughs> Netflix or whatever. Uh, this might be one of the most... Um, Interesting sort of stories and sort of worlds yeah. of any of the movies we watched all year. There's an interesting world being, building here. I really liked this. I yeah, I thought really it was good. pretty good. Um, you don't see a ton of Indian sci-fi. No. And I think that this sort of like working class, I guess like uh, Moon is probably the closest thing. That's or... what I was going to say. The easiest thing to compare it to is Duncan Jones's Moon. Yeah. Which does a really good job of like telling a sci-fi story on a limited budget. Yeah. Uh, Alien, the original, just sort of like, what if regular people had a job in space? Oh, yeah. That's that working class angle. Yeah. 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 Uh, but they are not actually regular people in this movie. <laughs> so in the future, in this, well, okay, so this is an alternate timeline. This takes place in... Uh, it's like the mid 2020s or something like it's actually not that far in the future for us mm-hmm. but in this world there has been a pact between humans and demons and uh hostilities have ended between us and demons i didn't know we were having hostilities with demons oh, always okay getting fights with demons all the time mm-hmm. um but anyway so what has happened is that the demons are now in charge of moving human souls to the afterlife and they do this by way of floating space station ship things uh, where every day there's a demon or two who lives on this ship and then new dead humans, a.k.a. cargo, that's where the name comes from, uh, as soon as they die, like literally the second they die, mm-hmm. they show up on the ship wearing all the clothes and having all the stuff they had on them at the moment of their death. It's actually kind of a nice way of thinking about death because... Like, if you got hit by a bus mm-hmm. or something, you're instantly gone. You and don't reincarnation comes to play in kind of yeah. how the film perceives human death. Well, basically, the demons, like, kind of repair the body and then wipe the brain and then take them to a room where they get disintegrated and they'll go on to their next reincarnation. Mm-hmm. It's actually, like, yeah, kind of comforting, I think, mm-hmm. to find out that you would just get, you know, you meet a demon briefly and then boom, you're gone. Um, so Vikram Masi plays uh, Prahasta who is, like, the legendary demon of space. Everyone loves this guy. Like, there's paparazzi who are interested in him. There's, like, news stories. He's on all the demon tabloids. But this guy who's just been up in space for, like, 70 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's the pro. He's If you if you die, you want uh, Prahasta taking care of your re- reincarnation. Uh, things go pretty well for him. His... His... Uh, his... His... his uh, his wand thing that he uses to make the people's bodies better. It isn't working too well, but apart from that, you know, things are going pretty well on his station. Uh, he does get a new uh, trainee, though, played by Shweta Tripathi. That's mm-hmm. uh, Yuvishka. And they have kind of differing uh, philosophies on how to deal with dead people. Uh, he's also got, like, kind of... Well, she can heal. She's a healer. Yeah, she's 
I mean, it's been 70 years since he went to demon school, so they've come further in their healing technology. So she can actually use this little rod thing and focus her mind on healing people's bodies. Uh, Confidence and Sharma shows up in the movie briefly as a demon who Vicar Massey was in love with at a certain point and hasn't talked to for 70 years. And he also has lots of people in the office back home that he talks to. Mm-hmm. So he's mostly talking to people on a screen. It's a really fascinating and movie. And all of the technology looks like it's from out of like the 80s or the yeah. 70s. This looks like it's on Blake 7 or yeah. like the original Battlestar Galactica. It's very... Or Dark Star. Dark Star. Dark Star is another good yeah, choice. Yeah, the it's John very, Carpenter film. It is a very charming movie. I I really enjoyed this. I think It's slow. It's but slow. It's, 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 you like the world. Yeah, it's slow, but I think it's really inventive world building. And as it went on, I just think I got I got drawn into kind of the the performances from these two leads, and and just kind of the the subtleties. I I really I really liked it. I I, I don't I don't know what else to say about it. But it's just like I found it like a really I don't know. Maybe, I think it was just such a comforting. It's a very film. lo-fi movie. Yeah, and I think it was just so comforting for kind of where we find ourselves now that it's just like yeah if i die of coronavirus like, you just go visit vinker messy yeah the film was just like we're gonna slow down and we're gonna like contemplate light and death and i just i really got on its wavelength uh yeah it was it was kind of one of the standouts i guess me. the part i didn't say is that he's been up there so long that they say that once you start having the same human souls coming back and you start recognizing them again You've probably been up there too long. So yeah. he's thinking about retiring, thinking about sh- showing Shweta Tripathi the new, like, uh, taking over the ship. She also... There's such a connection, I think, between the two of them, too. Yeah. Like, that just, like, at first he, he doesn't want her there, and then, like, I think they really connect. I don't know. It's just, like, this felt very human. I liked it. Well, like, she's also a social media demon. So, like, she right. does live streams and talks about things, and... Uh, something he never does is like take any of the possessions of the humans. Mm-hmm. He's just like, no, oh, I just shoot that into space every day. Where she does, on other ships, they apparently have like the best finds of the day, and the yeah. demons show off all the stuff that they got. And it's like a collision of sort of an old school guy and a new person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a very charming movie. Um, yeah, it's a little slow. Kind of has, you know, it also kind of has a uh, uh, a Solaris vibe. Oh yeah, I mean, I I don't I think it's more charming than Solaris. I've never called Solaris charming. But it is a bunch of people stuck up on a space station. Yeah, yeah. It's less a existential 70s space station. and it's, less horrific. I think it is literally <laughs> existential. It's Yeah, okay, maybe not less existential. Less horrific. Yes. Like, Solaris... Solaris maybe doesn't go to, like, where you're... It, me saying horrific maybe makes you expect a horror film, but Solaris is disturbing. I didn't find anything about this disturbing. No. At times. Like, it's not always... No, Solaris, I mean, I Solaris insinuates that whoever you loved best back on Earth will come back and you'll want to murder them all the time because it's super disconcerting to see someone you thought yeah. was dead come back and you know mess with you. So, yeah, that's a very disconcerting thing to have to think about. This is just, yeah, it's... There's a few pretty good afterlife movies, I think. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of in that vein. I really liked it. Yeah. It's good. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of like the sleeper... Sleeper movie. Watch this one. You probably haven't watched it. Yeah, this and Luke Case, I think, like, have really flown under the radar. Yeah, go check it out. It's good. Speaking of Kankana San Sharma, she's the lead of our next film, or co-lead of our next film. Dolly Kitty or Wo Chamakte Sitere, which uh, Wikipedia tells me means Dolly Kitty and those shining stars. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, this is the latest from Alankrita Srivastava, who did Lipstick Under My Burka and also directed a lot of episodes of Made in Heaven. So I've been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, yeah. This is kind of one of my most anticipated films of the year. Uh, along with Kankana Sanjarma, the film stars Bhumi Pendakar. Uh, and Vikram Massey also shows up in a small but integral role. He's a pretty big part of the movie, actually. Yeah. Uh, so this film is about two cousins. Kankana Sanjarma plays Dolly. Uh, she is a housewife. Uh, although she has a job, but she's like... She's treated like a housewife at her job. Yeah, yeah. But she's a wife and mother uh, who kind of aspires to more. She wants kind of the visual signifiers of wealth. She's very bourgeois. Yeah, she wants a better kind of flat. She wants better things. She wants people to think that kind of like she has made it. And this is kind of distracting herself from her internal... She's depressed dissatisfaction with life uh and she's become frigid and her mother ran away when she was a child too so she's got some issues there she strikes up kind of a a friendship a a thing with a local delivery guy so film kind of follows it it follows kind of two two plot threads with the two cousins uh boomy pendekar plays kitty uh, she is at, at the start of the film living with Dolly and kind of tells Dolly She's about... She's just come from the village. Yeah. Tells Dolly about how Dolly's husband has been hitting on her. And, it's creepy. <laughs> yeah. And Dolly kind of waves it off. But also uh, you're like, they haven't had sex in two years. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of sets up uh, Kitty's desire to move out. She finds a, like a, a, a boarding home for kind of wayward women it's like a religious boarding home something yeah for like unmarried pregnant women yeah uh and she becomes a phone sex operator uh it's another phone sex movie i feel like there's been a number of and it's probably a big deal right now yeah they must be it must be if we're we're seeing it in more than one film uh i don't know people in india tell us about like any phone sex scandals or what people are talking about in terms of phone sex. What's so the she, best ones? What, who should we call? Who should we have on the show? She becomes a phone sex Should we sex have someone operator. who just has a sexy so voice on the show? I will say it's like a very chaste phone sex. It's more like like flirting app. Yeah, which is the same thing that we saw in the um, in the Ayushman Karata film Dreamgirl, which is the other kind of phone sex-ish film I'm referring to. Uh, and through her job, she starts talking to Vikram Massey. Uh, and she is kind of searching for love and meaning in life and also independence. Um, so this is, you know, two films about women's issues and women kind of trying to find themselves despite the societal kind of restraints that are around them. It's probably the best way to describe it. Uh, again, it's similar in themes to Lipstick Under My Burka, but it's... Not as good. No, it's, it's not as good. way more sanitized. <sighs> is it? I think so. I mean, we I mean, do... Someone gets a handy in uh, Lipstick Under My Burka. I mean, we do kind of have some some sex scenes. Uh, my favorite performance here is actually um, Kubra Sate, uh, who was in... She played... Uh, Cuckoo. Cuckoo in Sacred Games, and she was also in Joanny Janeman. Uh, I really like her. I, I want to see more from her. She has such a presence. Uh, she also works at the phone sex line and takes Bumi Pednikar, like, party. Yeah. Yeah, and she's got a DJ boyfriend. Yeah. 
DJ Kukla. Uh, and I should say that like he's the, the best DJ in the Delhi area, as I recall. The lives of Delhi and Kitty and the things that they're dealing with, like they're not just cousins, but also they intersect in ways. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to explain all the ways in which this film really was really disappointing without like spoiling too much of it. But I just think like it's really muddled. It is. It is uh, fighting a war on like 40 different fronts. Mm-hmm. And maybe had it focused on one, it would have been fine. Also, it has sort of a baffling ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Structurally, it doesn't really work for me. Narr- narratively, it's just a mess. I just, I found it really, and I think like, I think it ends up being muddled in its themes as well. Other than like female empowerment, but. Here's 10 different ways that being a woman sucks. Yeah. It. I thought that Bumi Pednikar was giving a really muted and weird performance. Even her face, she just has sort of really flat affect the whole time. Yeah, she's, weird because she, she can, can be better than those. She can. She can be a lot more animated. And if she's playing a naive girl from the village who comes to town and sort of gets corrupted by it. But she still seems to kind of like, like strong-headed. She's super and blase. Yeah. Concanus and Sharma's pretty good. Yeah, Concanus and Sharma's always good. I don't think I've ever seen her be bad in a movie. Uh, but this one... I don't know. It's got that whole missing mother angle. Uh, the Concordia Sharma's son, he's also interested in wearing girls' clothes and um, her, her yeah. wanting to portray this sort of perfect family. This doesn't fit there. So there's just, there's a lot going on. You know what I would it, have liked? It could have been a TV show as well. This, is, this is like Class of 83. Yeah. I would have liked just a movie about Concordia Sharma's character. Mm-hmm. I think that's the strongest stuff in the film. I think her kind of dealing with her mother abandoning her her dealing with like what's going on with her son Bumi Pednikar could be a side story it doesn't need to be 50-50 the two yeah I think I think the Kankana San Sharma stuff here is stronger I liked it more I thought it was more engaging the Bumi Pednikar stuff again I think that's where like the muddledness is coming no I'm I mean her plot is relatively straightforward I think it's just that Kankana San Sharma has a whole movie worth of plot and she's only in half of it yeah. So in our in our 2020 watching, we were prioritizing the stuff that we were most interested in. That the, looked good. The stuff that looked good. Uh, but we did put it out there that we would watch one quote unquote garbage release from 2020. Uh, so we put that on Twitter, ran a poll, and it was between Sadak to heard his absolute tripe. Lakshmi. Even more like just offensive, and an actually Kumar stupid comedy. And Kelly Peely. And these are all films that have had a lot of criticism. Um, this one for a very specific reason. Apart from that, it's completely un- un- yeah. unmentionable. So well, Ka- completely unremarkable. <laughs> so Kelly Peely won our poll. I'm kind of grateful for it. I don't really want to shit, sit through Lakshmi and the horror that is going to be, or that is Akshay Kumar playing uh, a transgender person. Well, a man possessed by a transgender woman. It just, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's the guy to play that role. Yeah, and Sadak too, like, really did not sound good, and also sounded like it had issues. Um, so the issue with Kelly Peely is that they decided. This is a very to, straightforward issue that they fixed. Yeah, well, fixed. Uh, it is offensive to Beyonce and Beyonce fans, and then probably women, people of color, and everyone else, <laughs> because. This is a very stupid plot. Like, someone made this decision and thought, oh, this would be clever? Yeah, there was a song released with, um, that, that featured a strong colorism sentiment. 
um, kind of against Beyonce. It it was ill conceived. They changed the lyrics. Apparently, Jay Z owns like the trademark on Beyonce's name, anyways. So, why were they trying to do this? Also, guys, Beyonce's gorgeous. I, this whole song was just ill-conceived. But they changed the song, so it, it's different in the film. Um, and again, It's the it was, circus song, I think. It's the circus song, yeah. And it was promoting fairer skin. It, it, I don't remember the exact lyrics. No, it was dumb. It, like, can you think of a more beloved celebrity on the planet than Beyonce to like try and... Yeah. That, that's so stupid. So the original title of the song was Beyonce Sharma Jayegi. Um, and the lyrics were translated to, after looking at your fair girl, Beyonce will feel shy. So. Even if it, like, it's the colorism thing. If, if it was just like, my girlfriend is as hot as Beyonce, that would be unremarkable. Well, yeah, there's that song in um, one of those Love Ranjan films. It's, it's actually a pretty good song. The Sony T Sweetie. I can never remember the title of that. Um, that references Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like a bomb song. Like, there's there a was of... a song in Tavar that was all about like putting it on your Instagram. Like occasionally you get these like decent songs in. Yeah, sort of but this is just movies. like this is. I mean, like, yeah, it's tasteless. Uh, so we're putting that aside because again, they changed the song for the film as they should, and I think people were right to be mad. <laughs> Um, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia here, and it says this section needs an improved plot summary <laughs> because <laughs> well, it improve, does not have a lot here. Improve, improve the plot summary for us, Matt. Tell tell me about Kelly Peely. Okay, so this movie is about it features Ishan Qatar as a guy who drives a cab, and Ananya Pandey as uh, Pooja, who is running away from a, like an arranged marriage to like a gangster type guy. Yeah. And she gets in Ishikata's cab and says, go, go, go. And Ishikata has pissed off a bunch of other cabbies and cops in town because there's like a cab strike. Yeah, there's this film is one of these movies where they kind of It's one crazy like, night. It's one crazy night. So it bleeds into the morning. And it kind of shows you the outcome and then goes... Five years later, mm-hmm. thirty-six hours later, and so it's always showing you something and then filling you in the gap and filling in the gaps. Well, yeah, it removes any sense of tension because you're just like, okay, well, we know that they're gonna live. So yeah, so it's like playing around temporally, but I wouldn't say it's doing that successfully. No, but uh, so we're kind of following different, like not timelines per se. Well, there but... are there's two timelines because right we do find out That's that uh, VJ Blackie. A.K.A. That's his, his name. And Pooja... Which is another thing. Like, your lead character is named Blackie. and That was not explained in the subtitles in a way that made any sense. So I don't know if that was also having to do with this colorism issue, but it kind of sounds like it did. Yeah, so he is named Blackie because as a kid he was selling movie tickets on the black market. Yeah. That, Has nothing to do they with They didn't call him tone. movie. They didn't call him filmy. They called him black, Blackie, which is weird. Anyway, uh, he, as a sort of young gangster type in that world, he kind of gets messed up with uh, Jaideep Alawat, who is probably my favorite character in the movie, named Yusuf. Your favorite character or your favorite performance? Both. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, 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 actually, also, I also like the one cop, too. You also liked... I, what's her name? Ayanya Pande. Yeah, you also liked Ayanya Pande in yeah. the film as well. You could... I, I don't know, maybe you have a crush on her, but I thought she you pointed good. out a few times that you thought she looked that you would like to see more movies with her. Yeah. So, Ishan Kater, young version. What? I just look slightly embarrassed. Oh. So, uh, young Blackie meets young Pooja. Young Pooja is in an extremely dark backstory, has been so... Wait, 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 wait. We know within like 10 minutes of the movie started. This is not a spoiler. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Spoilers. This is not a spoiler. You find this out within 10 minutes. Yeah. Anyway, Ishankata's character and Ananya Pandey met each other as like nine-year-olds. Uh, her backstory is very dark. She's been sold to this gangster uh, clan, I guess, as like a child bride or something. Something. We don't, yeah, some sort of sex slavery thing. It's They just shoved that under the carpet and never talk about it again. But she's supposed to be getting married to uh, Jadi Palawat's sort of like criminal buddy. Um, but she falls in, she falls in love with uh, Blackie as well as a nine-year-old can. So it's one of those situations where you have to believe that a nine-year-old, the love story that a nine-year-old uh, can have, will bleed over into ten years later. Anyway, they forget about each other altogether, and then when they meet as hot twenty-year-olds, they're like, "Wait a minute, you're that Blackie?" Well, she's eighteen. Like it's like right after her eighteenth birthday because the guy who has bought her as a bride decides he's going to wait what like 10 years because he's a gentleman and he's going to stay a virgin over those 10 years it's oh god it's gross yeah. uh anyway they get on this wacky adventure there's also uh satish koshik plays inspector bim singh who's this sort of uh fat cop who really likes movies and keeps referring to things like oh here's the hero shot or this is sort of like mm-hmm. Sholay. i thought that was kind of fun and he, him and uh, Ishan Khadr kind of have a fun relationship where uh, Ishan Khadr keeps, like, stealing his gun or getting him locked in a cell or there's, like, a gunfight and he's hiding. I don't know. I was just looking for things to like. Yeah, it was just kind of... It's a completely unremarkable movie. Exactly. That's the exact same word I was going to use. It's just... It's, it kind of feels like this sort of thing is really dated at this point. Yeah. Uh, it didn't do much for me. I completely agree with the issues that, that people took with the film. Um, if this had come out five years ago, you'd be seeing Pankaj Tripathi instead of Jaidi Mawalawat. And maybe five years earlier, it would have been Nawazine Siddiqui. Like, it's just like, who's sort of like a a guy who could play gangster? Yeah. Um, I and Jaidi Mawalawat was so good in Pachalak. Manoj Bajpayee. Manoj Bajpayee would have done it, yeah. Yeah, because he was in Tevar. Yeah. Like, this is just sort of a paycheck for these guys. Whereas, like, uh, Jaidi Mawalawat's on Patalok, and that's such a... yeah. Difficult performance. Manoj Bajpayee's on Family Family Man. Uh, Prakash Tripathi's in like 40 different movies and also has two seasons of a TV show under his belt where he's also playing a gangster. Like, it, it's just like, you couldn't get those guys who got Jaidi Palawad, who's also good. Yeah, it's just like, this did nothing for me. Again, like, it feels dated. It's mildly offensive in places. And I don't think Ishan Katar is this guy. Like, I just... No, he's the... definitely putting on a role. Like, he's yeah. acting. Yeah, like, I mean, maybe Varun Dwan could have made him interesting, though it kind of feels like Siddharth Maholtra's sloppy seconds. Yeah. Uh, He's playing, like, a very sort of, like, streetwise, macho cab driver. He's got his shirt down to his belly button all the time, and he's like, oi! I like Ishan Katar. I don't think this is a good mode for him, though. Of the two Ishan Katar projects I've seen, I guess this is the second best one. And I think that he overacts in both of them, so... I kind of like Beyond the Clouds. I don't know. Maybe I was in a very... Uh, forgiving know, mood? Forgiving mood that day, but I really liked it. Um, I thought Ananya Pandey and Kater had some pretty good dance scenes. There's one where they're in a chop shop that also has, like, yeah, the fire the, extinguisher the, go off. I don't know. Some of the choreography, I thought... Okay, okay. That the scene, second, that one was good. The second one was good. 
the first one in the circus, I thought the choreography was lazy. And yeah. I was just like, are they just not up to it? Which I don't think is the case because then in their kind of second, we're in a factory that only creates sparks and waterfalls uh, dance. I thought was great. Yeah. Watch that one on YouTube. Skip the rest of the movie. I don't remember what it's called, but it's probably whatever the biggest Callie Peely song is. Uh, because the other one was racist. <laughs> Alright, uh, we're into our second glass of wine. Serious Men. This is Nwazidi Siddiqui's second Netflix release of the year. Good movie. Uh, for those interested, we're now into October. Good one. This is a good movie. Uh, yeah, Matt, you really liked this. I think you liked this a bit more than I did. Uh, so the film is about an assistant astronomer at the National Institute of Fundamental Research in Mumbai, who kind of Just always... rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Uh, it's based on a book, too. Uh, who kind of, I, I think, kind of feels like people don't pay attention to him, don't take him as seriously as, as they could. Uh, he and his wife have a son, and he coaches his son to be a young little genius. But is his son actually a genius, or is his son pretending to be a genius? Uh, that's, that's what the film's about. Uh, you you got to let it sing, you know? This guy has a sort of... He's got a complex where he 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 is a very smart person, mm-hmm. I would say. Nawaz Din Siddiqui's character, but he is constantly belittled at work. Uh, he's also uh, getting shit for being uh, Dalit, so he's always getting looked down on for that. They live in a really sort of rundown tenement area, mm-hmm. and um, like it's one of those stories about a, a really smart guy who's stuck in a place that does not appreciate him. Mm-hmm. And as revenge, he decides, well, my son will never be um, looked down upon. He's going to be thought of as a serious man, which is what he calls the scientists at this uh, research mm-hmm. place that he works at. And and I, there's this whole thing about like microorganisms from space. Well, yeah. The, the team at this uh, facility is shooting uh, balloons up into space to try and see if there's alien microbes up there, mm-hmm. which is a weird sort of subplot. But it's mostly about Nwazdin Siddiqui and his son in kind of a paper moon type con man scenario. Yeah. and it, We're and ruining it a little bit, but it's it's these two, this father and son sort of duping people. Yeah. And it, it kind of has similar similarities to Shakuntala Devi, as mm-hmm. I think you alluded to earlier. Uh, though, again, like here we're dealing with not the same level of intellect, let's just say, mm-hmm. uh, where Nawazuddin Siddiqui is kind of trying to turn his son into like a new Shakuntala Devi. Yeah. And he gets mixed up with a political party who's also looking to re- revitalize that area. Mm-hmm. I really liked that actress. Yeah, she was she really was good. good. You you said that she would be a dead ringer for like Deepika Petticone's sister. I, yeah, I just think that could be really good casting. Like, I don't think... She looks exactly like her. I just kind of felt like, oh, that could... She could be related. Yeah, I, I think that would be good. But he gets involved in, like, they're trying to tear down these tenements and build new buildings. And there's also um, the various scientists at this place. And basically, you just get the sense that everyone is lying. Like, yeah. this is a world where you everyone who's gotten to any place of power and responsibility has got there by deceit. And what can a normal little guy do when you're up against political parties and important scientists? You know, what's the average person going to do? I thought that was really fascinating. And it's, it's a very interesting character study of a certain kind of guy. 
a guy who is actually very smart, but finds himself in situations where he has to work with people and has to be treated like he isn't. Hmm. And I always feel for this sort of person because, you know, I like to encourage smart people wherever they are. I think anyone who shows intelligence should be able to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. But some people, because of where they're born, like he's the, his character is a Dalit. So he's yeah. being looked down upon for that. And he, he, he lives in a crappy tenement building. He just can't get a break. And he thinks of a pretty good scheme, I think. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think you gelled with this film a bit more than I did. Maybe because uh, I'm a smart guy, surrounded by idiots all the time. No, it's just you. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> uh, I did. I did like it. I guess I just, I don't know, I wanted more from it, maybe. I think the kid is actually really good. Yeah, he's pretty good. He has a difficult role to play. Mm-hmm. And the mother, she's also really good because she is buying every, every what everyone is telling her. Mm. And eventually... You know, I we're skirting around it, but eventually she comes to a realization and she flips out. Mm-hmm. It's good. Watch it. It's better than this one. It's better <laughs> than the next movie, I'd say. You think so? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, our next film, I think we were we were excited for. This is uh, the one I was most excited for for the whole year, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, because Annie Rakowski is one of my favorite filmmakers. Yes, this is uh, Ludo, uh, which I Ludo. I are you doing like a like a labyrinth thing? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay. You should laugh now. Ludo. <laughs> friend? Yeah. Ludo friend? Okay. Oh, smell bad. <laughs> That's when they go to the bog of, what is it? Eternal stench. The bog of eternal stench. Come yeah. on, Matt. Uh, okay, Ludo. This, I don't even know how to begin describing this film. It's the latest from Manurek Basu. The game is called Sorry here in North America. Yeah, yeah. So, and it, it follows... Four different plot lines that do all converge and intersect. And how they and all interact with Pankaj Tripathi. It has an amazing cast. So you have Abhishek Bakchan, Rajkumar Rao, Pankaj Tripathi, Fatima Sanashik, Sanya Malhotra, and Aditya Roy Kapoor. Okay, okay. And, and Pankaj Tripathi. No, I said Pankaj Tripathi. I'll say this. And a dummy, a ventriloquist dummy of a Roy Kapoor. Oh, right. I blocked that out of my mind. Okay, but I will say this is probably the most I've ever liked a Roy Kapoor in a movie apart from uh, Yeah, Giovanni Haidivani. But yeah, he is a ventriloquist dummy of himself and it is horrifying. Horrifying scenes. Uh, this movie is not... This is a super R. No one yeah. should watch this movie. Uh, banned. <laughs> So Abhishek Bakchan plays a gangster who is out of prison who would like to reconnect with his daughter, but instead reconnects with a, another girl who he kind of like fake kidnaps. He accidentally kidnaps. Yeah. Uh, Rajkumar Rao is in love with Fatima Samashik, uh, who's kind of in a loveless marriage. Her husband is cheating on her. Aditi Roy Kapoor, as we said, is a ventriloquist voiceover artist something like that <laughs> yeah and he is in a sex tape with right. sonia malhotra and they have to try they go to every hotel room in like close to their town to try and figure out where they were because someone recorded them and they want to get the tape back mm-hmm. and then rohit suresh saraf and pearl mani uh who are new names to us and have probably the most compelling plot line. They were the best part of the whole uh, movie. Play kind of two two people who <laughs> end up with an, 
big case of money uh, and end yeah. up kind of on the run from Pankaj Tripathi. And most importantly, they almost never talk. Well, <laughs> the girl, she's uh, she's South Indian, so yeah. I think she maybe speaks Malayalam at some point. I and, think so. But like the the guy, he almost never talks. And very funny physical comedy with that guy. Yeah, I mean, I, this film feels like it's trying to do kind of like a Pulp Fiction style thing, right? It's it. The framing story is that there's these two guys watching these four different stories happen, and it's like the game of Ludo where yeah. they're running around and bumping into each other. Yeah, and again, like it, it's kind of doing this like Pulp Fiction thing where it's kind of following these different storylines, and then yeah. like at times How they, they interact. intersect. Yeah, uh, I like. The idea of this, I think maybe just trying to follow all four of these storylines just like ended up being unsatisfying. Just like 15 main characters. Yeah, as opposed to kind of maybe focusing on one. I agree with you that kind of the the big case of money uh, with the kind of the, the two actors we're unfamiliar with is the strongest of the stories. The but Punkhead Tripathi is also like a fifth story. Yeah. So <laughs> he he's is. like a fifth player in the game because he... He get his island blows up after Abhishek Bachchan goes there, so he ends up in the hospital, and then he has this kind of actually sort of nice romance with a nurse at the hospital. Yeah, I really like, like, I like that. that part too. So the problem is that the three bigger, the three main stories with the big stars all kind of fall flat. I have uh, no idea what the Rajkumar Rao story was trying to say at all. I He's, like that character though. I like the character who like is, you know, continues to be devoted to this girl even though. He also he's been a, married off to someone else. He reminded me of like a Napoleon Dynamite type character because he's got like right. this crazy '80s haircut and he and he like dances. He dances. Way. He dances when it. he's sad. Yeah, <laughs> like that was fun. But like her, she was not that good. Yeah, I did like Sonia Malhotra a lot. I thought I think she's really good in the film. Yeah, as she and, kind of comes to the realization that maybe like marrying for money is not what she wants. Yeah, and maybe this super hot guy that she already banged is okay. <laughs> I don't know. Just gonna say it's fine. But the, he is the a ventriloquist. He is a ventriloquist, though. Ventriloquist. That, um, the thing with Abhishek Bachchan kind of reminds me of Lay on the Professional. Yes, less creepy though. Less creepy. Um, um, but like his character almost never says anything. He just sits around brooding while a child talks to him. Yeah. Like this just bit off way more than it could chew. That's the issue. It's just like all of these little, all of these stories could make a film on their own. Mm. I don't know if I would watch the Abhishek uh, <laughs> movie, but yeah, it could be a movie. Yeah. It just wouldn't be a very good one. Well, I mean, we already have Leo the Professional. Yeah. Uh, though, again, like, that's maybe not the best comparison. Anirag Basu's sort of silent comedy chops, though. Oh, yeah. With with the blue team, because each one is a different color of Ludo, right? Right. With the guy who doesn't talk and the girl. I would watch a movie that. He could do a silent movie of them getting into various scrapes and trying to deal with this money and... Having gangsters try to kill them. Mm-hmm. That was very funny. I would have, I would definitely watch that. Yeah, I will say maybe like our reaction to this is also kind of informed a bit by our expectations. You know, we've liked a lot of what Andy Rankbass has done in the past and we were looking forward to this. And it just kind of, it doesn't... It's too much. It doesn't completely fit. It doesn't completely come together. Uh, but there's elements of it that I really like. I don't think it's a bad watch. It's a fun watch at times. It just... It doesn't completely come together. You can just go get a beer when a Dijewar Kapoor is on screen. Oh my god! And I, I'm, I'm sorry. I cannot forgive Anirag Basu for creating that Dijewar Kapoor puppet. Ugh. Awful crimes against humanity. Yeah, go uh, to the Hague. So speaking of Rajkumar Rao, he is the star of our next film, Chalang. Another unremarkable film. Uh, directed by Hansel Mehta, uh, who you know is 
a pretty well-respected filmmaker. He's done a lot of serious kind of art-minded films, uh, and a lot of them with Rajkumar Rao. I, I wonder if at some point we should do an episode on the Hansel Mehta Rajkumar Rao pairing. Do I have to watch this movie again? I don't think so. Okay, because good. I think there are I don't enough know films if, that you wouldn't well, have to I don't know if this. Omerta came out here. But what was the other ones? Aligarh, yeah. and then I believe City Lights, and I think Shahed. Yeah. I think those are the three here. I'll, like, confirm. And Omerta. Yeah, and Omerta. And yeah, um, yeah. Shahid, City Lights, Aligar, Omerta. Uh, we loved Aligar. Yeah, Aligar was fantastic. I will say that I wasn't a huge fan, and we haven't seen all those films. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Simran, the film that he did with Ken Gunnarunawit that had all the controversy about Ken Gunnarunawit getting a screenwriting credit. Uh, I thought that was... She just courts controversy for her movie. Yeah. It's surprising that we didn't hear anything about, like, she broke ancient comedy rules while doing ping. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Chaline kind of surprised me. It's produced by Ajay Devgan and Love Ranjan, who I wouldn't have thought would be a natural fit with Hansel Mehta. This is certainly the broadest Hansel Mehta film I've ever seen. And my understanding of his his filmography, which again, we should go back and see some of these other films, especially some of these other films starring Raj Morale. But this, this is like a, just like a straight up sports comedy. Well, it's sort of like a TV show I've watched a couple episodes of Vice Principles. Oh. Where it's like a competition between two guys. Between Rajkumar Rao and Mohammed Zishan Ayub, who I like in other things. Here, I thought, I thought he could be better. Well, he's supposed to be a douchebag. He's, he's so much fun. Yeah, that's the thing. It's totally the character. He's fun in a lot of other things. Yeah. But he's fun in Thugs of Hindustan. But, um, so Rajkumar Rao plays a sort of low-achieving guy who sort of lucked into a job as the gym teacher mm-hmm. at a school. And uh, he finds out that, well, first of all, a new uh, female teacher moves in. That's uh, Nushrat Bharatia, So Who was in that Sonyuki Tea Sweetie. I can never remember that title, but yeah. she's in that. She was also in Love, Sex, or Doka. Uh, with Rajkumar Rao. With Rajkumar Rao, though like, her plot line is not with yeah. him. Uh, I, really, I really like her. Yeah, so she's a teacher who starts doing computers at the school and Rashmar Rao falls in love with her. Just sort of one of those creepy courtship things where he just won't leave her alone. Eventually she falls for him. But then uh, this new guy, Mohammed Zishanaya, plays Inder Mohan Singh. So apparently Rashmar Rao's character never actually got the accreditation to be a gym teacher. And like you need a degree to do that. So the school notices this at one point and hires Inder Mohan Singh to be the like the head gym teacher mm-hmm. and Rajkumar Rao to be like the assistant gym teacher, but this will not stand. And uh, also, this guy's horning in on his new girlfriend. He thinks it's her girlfriend. I think this film has such a fun premise. So what he does is that he challenges the new gym teacher to basketball, kabaddi, and a relay race. Yeah. And he picks all, well, he lets the new gym teacher pick all, like, the normal athletic children. Not normal. The the children who are, like, more gifted athletically. Mm-hmm. And then he picks, like, essentially the mighty ducks of, <laughs> of kids at this school. Um, and then uses unorthodox teaching methods to make them better at their sports. Yeah, I, th- I feel like this is a really fun concept, but it didn't completely come together for me. It's funny that the children are competing so that Rajkumar Rao can get his job back. 
Yeah, I think I just like I think I think I wanted more from it. It also took way too long to get to the point. Like that's my you issue. A, yeah. You get a lot of this guy screwing around doing normal village dope stuff. It and feels padded out when instead we could have spent time learning about these kids. Yeah, the kid like so there's some funny stuff with the kids. Like he gets them to go steal mangoes, I think, from an, a mango farm. And he gets them to dribble around like cow patties. Yeah. So like there's dogs chasing them in the mango farm, and then uh, the cow patties. They learn very quickly not to hit the cow patties with the basketballs, so they learn how to dribble really well. Um, and then relay race. Oh, the relay race is done by that. And then the comedy part. There's a girl on the team who's just super strong and has kind of like. She's not confident enough. Yeah. I don't remember how he deals with that. But like unorthodox teaching techniques, there's poop involved. It's kind of fun. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. I think I expect maybe more from Hansel Mata and Rajkumar Rao. But it's fine. I think had Rajkumar Rao's character been more interesting, because he's just sort of like that general village yeah. doofus. Had he had a bit more going on, and maybe, I don't know, like, the the rival gym teacher, he's just super cool, and also, he is very hard on the students. Like, he, um, they're playing kabaddi, and he kind of, like, bullies one of the kids for not doing that well, and Rajkumar Rao, a unachiever himself, is just like, hey, leave that kid alone. Mm-hmm. They could have done a bit more with that. Mm-hmm. Like, made him more of an asshole to the kids. The new guy. I don't know. That's enough. We don't need to talk about that movie anymore. It's over. Uh, so our next film, I actually saw in spring 2019. This is kind of a... This is interesting. It came out in spring 2019 in Canada, but it came out in India in November 2020. Uh, and it initially appeared at Cannes in May 2018. So what? where does this film belong? I am not too sure, but it is showing up on a list of... 2020 Bollywood releases or, or Hindi language releases. So uh, we might as well discuss it because I've seen it. People um, seem to like this one a lot. Yeah, it's really good. This is the film Sir by Rohana Guerra and it stars Tilotama Shome, uh, who I think people will recognize from Monsoon Wedding uh, and, and and other things, The Death in the Gunge and Vivek Gomer. Uh, this is very much a parallel cinema film. It's a very quiet, contemplative film. Tilotama Shome plays a maid who starts to fall in love with the the man whose house she cleans and lives in. Oh, she's in so Tasha kind of, Dash, too. Yes. Cool. So kind of at the opening of the film, he was going to get married, but the marriage is called off. She is going back to visit her village, but she gets called back because the wedding is off, and so her employer is no longer like getting married and going off on his honeymoon. Uh, and and the two of them start a they start connecting. You know, she decides to keep her job even though he is a single man, and you know, his wife is not going to be a part of things anymore. And yeah, they just like they start connecting, and the film is very much it's very much a film about class very much a film about labor she it again i saw this back in spring 2019 so i apologize if my description is not it was two years as ago, fresh so. yeah. as as stuff i've seen recently but she she wants to take a class in tailoring to be a seamstress she wants to sew and he allows her to do that and it's just like 
It's a very quiet, contemplative film that I think is very upfront about the class issues and the power dynamic issues between these two people. Um, but I think that is also really lovely and really sensitive towards these these things. And and why why can't two people of different classes fall in love? It's very much a parallel film, uh, but I, I highly recommend it. You were reminding me that one of the um, one of the segments, and I think it was love stories lust stories lust stories is very similar to this but i think this is like a much kind of happier version of that this is the zoya akhtar one mm-hmm. where bumi pendekar again and neo bupalam are uh he's a rich guy and she's a maid and yeah she thinks that they're going somewhere yeah and and he's I... sleeping with his maid and uh uh she thinks that maybe they're going to get married but they're actually not going to get married yeah and i think i think when we discussed lust stories i even i even mentioned sir uh, this is a really lovely film that I think does a good job of just kind of showing two people fall in love and showing two people fall in love who also respect one another. You know? Does he have parents that are mad that he's going to marry his maid? Um, he does have parents who do factor into it from what I recall. Uh, but by the time the romance kind of develops between the two of them, I don't. I don't really think. I don't remember them reacting to it. That's usually what happens in these sort of things, though. It's like, you can't. Oh, it's, it's very, like Downton Abbey, where uh, uh, what's her name was sleeping with the driver. It's like you can't sleep with the driver. <laughs> it's a very subtle film. It's lovely. I again, it's been it a while. Good, yeah. It's been a while since I saw it, but I do highly recommend it if you get the chance to see it. Um, so that brings us to the only film that I saw in theaters in the back half of 2020. This is Suraj P. Mangalbari. Uh, and it stars uh, Dilshi Tashaj, Manoj Bajpayee, and Fatima Sana Sheikh. Uh, I. <laughs> this is a very silly romantic comedy, but I was really taken with it. So Manoj Bajpayee plays a <laughs> wedding detective. Sure, that old <laughs> job. <laughs> so he, I mean, it's set in the 90s, which I think is important because it kind of. Uh, wedding like, detectives were all the rage. Well, like people have people have pagers in it. Sure, there's uh, no internet that you could look things up. Exactly, exactly. So you hire Manoj Bajpayee to like look into the background of the of your like child's perspective, like bride or groom. So but you, there was a woman who did that job in Made in Heaven, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is like this is a very broad like rom com version. Yeah. Of, but they that. used her for a few weddings. Yeah. So Manoj yeah. Bajpayee plays like, again, like this master of disguise. You, and you see him in all sorts like of... Like a Mordecai type. Yeah. <laughs> you see him in all sorts of getups. And I have to say, like, at one point, he does do drag and dresses as a woman. Okay. And But I kind of thought it worked. I Like, Manoj Bajpayee is... He's, he commits he, to it. He commits to it. And he's fantastic. Uh, so he is hired to look into the background of Jilshish Deshaj uh, and... Kind of catches Dilshi Tashanj on like one rare night when he goes out drinking and ruins his wedding. So Dilshi Tashanj then vows revenge, and so he starts courting Manoj Bajpayee's sister, okay. played by Fatima Sana Sheikh. It's kind of funny. It. You know what? This is like this is like one hundred percent like a hijinks and Sue rom com, right? Like I always say this. You know, this is the setup, and then hijinks and Sue. That's exactly what this is. I thought this was so refreshing. There's a moment in this film where the male lead, Dilshi Tashan, the romantic lead, 
like does some horrible shit and you think that like you're going to like the same old rom-com conventions where then he like where we're gonna spend the second half of the film covering it all up like barely keep our feet like every romantic comedy ever yeah and instead this was so refreshing he just tells her he just Mm -hmm. comes clean and so i really felt like that this film leans into a lot of rom-com tropes but also and i mean it also has like a scene of him like trying to woo her back just by constantly showing up. Uh, the, you know, that stuff it's is kind classic of... classic maneuver. Yeah. It's classic maneuver that's always kind of problematic, that always just kind of has that, like, stalkery vibes. Yeah. So I, I don't want to, like, fully praise the for it for having progressive dynamics, but it did surprise me in places. And I really I really enjoyed it. Minaj Bashpi, I think, is hilarious. I think this is a great role for Diljit Change. It was just, like, it was a fun rom-com i was so excited to be seeing something on the big screen again i think i cried like i just i think i was just a movie like, i was so excited to like be seeing a bollywood movie in theaters uh i haven't seen too many people talk about this it I, like i said it was released is theatrically it, yeah is it streaming uh i don't think so so hopefully it'll end up streaming so you soon. hit that weird window yeah it really did uh but i really i really liked it and i like i think if you just want something easy and something feel good and something fun and something a bit goofy i really recommend it it sounds good yeah i i was really taken with it uh so those were the two kind of theatrical releases that i alluded to again like one actually came out here years (laughs) over a year earlier than it did in india which is kind of a weird coincidence uh but uh we are almost we're getting to the end matt we have a couple more films to discuss, and they are, they're big movies. They are kind of maybe the biggest movies that have been released over the past six months. Okay, let's see it. So on December 24th. Oh, yes, I get the good one. AK versus AK came out. And before before you get into the plot description, I just want to say that December 24th is my birthday. And December 24th is Neil Kapoor's birthday. birthday. And the movie was is set on a Neil Kapoor's birthday. And we sat down and we watched this on my birthday. And this was just like... It's very special. It's been a tough year. It was tough to spend the holidays on my birthday. Kind of isolated from most of my friends and family. I just really had you. And uh, this was the birthday gift I really needed. Mm-hmm. I really needed it. It's one of the best movies of the whole year. It really is. It's Tell uh, me about it here versus It's my year. favorite Hindi movie of the year. Um, so... Uh, if you're listening to us, you probably have heard about this movie or at least watched it. Yeah. I, like, and I've been hearing about this movie for years. Like back when I first started hearing about it, it wasn't AK versus AK, but it was AK versus SK. Yeah, it was Shahi Kapoor, which would have been a much worse movie. Um, so, yeah, this is one of the movies that I think has been the most widely discussed and watched. Mm-hmm. People really like this movie. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about... Neil Kapoor's uniform that he wears is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, is this anti-national to have this guy in this uniform? Don't worry about it. Um, so this movie ostensibly takes place in reality where <clears throat> Anirai Kashyap uh, and Anil Kapoor are at, uh, I think it's Mommy, that festival again. And let's be very clear. This is directed by Vikram Aditya Matwane. Yeah, not Anirai Kashyap. Not Anirai Kashyap. He 
stars in it. He plays himself in it. He plays he plays a version of himself in it. It is directed by Vikram Aditya Matwane. Yeah, it's not an Anirag Kashyap movie. Uh, anyway, they're at this film festival and they kind of get into a little fight with each other. And you find out that Anirag Kashyap wanted Kapoor to be in a movie. This apparently actually happened too, that mm-hmm. he wanted him to be in a movie like 13 years ago. That didn't work out. And also... Um, uh, some water gets thrown. Some Balenciaga shoes get water on them. Uh, Kapoor takes a glass of water. Just want to be very clear: they're not the Balenciagas that look like socks. No, these are the Balenciagas that look like shit. Um, <laughs> Do you like the ones that look like socks? No, I don't. Either. I don't like any Balenciagas. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, don't tell that to Cardi B. So there's a bit of a rivalry between Kapoor and Kashyap. So a few months later, uh, Kashyap approaches Kapoor with a new film project. Yeah. And it is... As he's leaving set from his current film project, which is why he is in this Air Force uniform. Yeah. So he kind of buttonholes him and says, like, look, I got a great idea for a new movie. It's going to be like guerrilla filmmaking. We're going to follow you around on one night as you try and figure out what happened to Sonam. And he's like, well, what happened to Sonam? And it's like, oh, yeah, we just kidnapped her. And uh, here she is on an iPad. And you have to... You uh, can't call the cops or she'll die. Or you can't uh, do a various amount of things. You have to figure out where she is on your own. And that's going to be the movie. And I'm going to come with you. So then it's like... It's a, so, cra- yeah, it's like it's a, a handheld... crazy night. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, uh, Kashyap has a woman film... Uh, a woman camera operator who's following them around. And yeah, it's just following Kapoor on this crazy night as he tries to figure out who stole his daughter. And over the course of the movie... Uh, like Kapoor, this version of Anil Kapoor kind of deals with the fact that he's like a fading star. He's mm-hmm. not the hero anymore. He's being relegated to old guy roles. Whereas Kashyap is a uh, filmmaker who no one cares about. Mm-hmm. People remember his brother for doing Debong, but not him. All his movies are flops. Uh, they go to Anil Kapoor's house and uh, Harshvadan Kapoor is there. He's like trying to get Anil, uh, Anirag to cast him in a movie. He's acting like a tough guy. I hey. love what they t- how they talk the way that they talk about Babash Joshi because again I think people forget that like Vikram Aditya Matwane is directing this. Well, yeah, and he says <laughs> uh, Harsh Kapoor says that uh, Vikram Aditya Matwane like f- me on uh, uh, Babash Joshi. No one watched that movie. Um, and there's also a fight with a Christmas tree involved. This is a very satisfying movie. Um, it's it's very meta. There's it's lots of very in meta. jokes about the current state of Bollywood and Anil Kapoor's career, which I think was really satisfying for us as we've been doing a series on Anil Kapoor's career. Yeah, we haven't actually watched. Uh, I think it's Ram Lakhan, which is the the movie where the song comes in. Mm-hmm. He has to go on stage at some point to try and get info and like entertain a crowd. You get the sense of like this kind of broken down old entertainer who has spent his life trying to make people happy. And once mm-hmm. he's always getting called to do selfies and things, he can never actually do what he's trying to do. It's just a wonderful movie all around. I could talk about this movie for an hour. I loved it. And for me, this movie like completely confirmed for me why Vrakir Mijeta Matwane is one of my favorite filmmakers currently working anywhere in the world yeah i i think he is always doing something inventive he he's he takes risks he he takes on new challenges and i thought this was it was very clever but i also like i also thought it was really satisfying and i think it goes to some really interesting places that i think makes uh larger statements about um kind of audience interaction with the industry celebrity and the, culture the celebrity culture and the industry itself yeah 
Uh, I really like that. And it also confirmed to me why I love Anil Kapoor so much. You know, like we saw him kind of lampooning himself in Khan. Well, this is that performance this is like 10 years dialed up yeah. to 11. You yeah. know, like he has so much awareness about his place in the industry. And I, I think there's a lot of like humility that comes through in choosing to do a role like this that, that kind of maybe shows some unsavory sides and shows some vulnerable sides. It's important to always note that like, Anya Kashyap and Anil Kapoor are playing yeah. like heightened versions of themselves. They're not like this is not reality. Yeah, Anya Kashyap <laughs> is an absolute monster in this movie. Yeah, uh, you get to see his house, which I think I've seen in videos before. But oh yeah, he's like filmed a lot of like like YouTube videos and yeah. things in there. But it's and I'm assuming that's probably Anil Kapoor's house. He's got a really mm. nice house. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that and his uh, brother is there. Yeah, his brother is there. You don't actually see his wife. She's like mad at him for not coming to the party. <laughs> So she's like hiding in her room. You don't actually see her. Yeah. But you see um, mostly harsh. Yeah, you see a lot of harsh. Harsh is very funny. He's so funny. It really makes me want to see him in movies again. Well, he would. Be I don't know what in, he's up to. He would be good in any Rakesha movie. He was right. He was pitching himself as like I could be a hard ass <laughs> gangster in a movie. Look at me, and like you know I believe it. And this has that sort of nighttime handheld camera work that was so good in Bavash Joshi. Yeah. And just kind of wrapped up to eleven. It's all shot through handy cam. So it's got some sort of uh, cinema verite stuff going on, which is cool. Yeah, I just, like, I, I have nothing but great things to say about this film. This movie rules. It is one of two Hindi films that made my top ten of the year. The other is The Pod, which we talked about in uh, our mid-year review episode. I I absolutely loved this. I like, It just, it really hit a sweet spot for me. And I really, I needed this kind of fun but I, I think it's also, it, it's intelligent about what it is doing. And I'm glad it ended up being Anil Kapoor and not Shahid Kapoor. Wait, uh, was it going to be Shahid Kapoor versus Anir Kashyap? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anil Kapoor is way better. Anil Kapoor is so much better because I think... He's got 40 years of history exactly, to draw. Exactly, you're dealing with that. And Shahid, I just... Kapoor, Shahid Kapoor would be like, I was Kabir Singh. Like, yeah. no one cares. And, and we do want to say for people who are turned off by kind of like early on in the film, it's revealed that uh, Anurag Kashyap is sleeping with kind of his camera woman who is filming everything. Like, stick it out. Like Debeshree Mukherjee, she didn't love that. Yeah. And also, yeah, some violence inflicted on Sonam Kapoor. It's a little sleazy, but yeah, just keep going. You'll see. Yeah. Uh, our last film is Coolie Number One, directed by David Dewan, starring Varun Dewan. We talked about this for half an, an hour and a half. <laughs> yes, uh, starring Varun Dewan and Sarah Ali Khan. We've already done an episode of about it. It was not the most recent episode to this one, but the one before Second that. Second most recent. Uh, again, it visually was fun. The songs were great. We chose not to use a song from Cooley Number 1 in this episode because we had done an episode on Cooley Number 1. But it one. probably had the best songs of the year. Uh, like, of the things we like to do. Yeah, I, but it's also because there's songs that were remade from the 90s that were yeah. already great. But AK versus AK, I think, actually had pretty cool music as well. Yeah. It's just not really lending itself towards the sort of intertidal music that we like to do. Yeah. But it, it also had a great soundtrack. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. We what have, what we more a, could you say about Coolie Number we One? We have nothing to add about Coolie Number One. I think I, I, I'm forgetting things about it, even as we talk. I had a really good time discussing it with Awesome because I think him I, knowing the background. Well, yeah, he he knows far more about it than we do, though. He is not a Govinda fan. He's a Salman Khan fan. Uh, but because again, we were kind of reprising our Jedwa to Jedwa Two episode in in doing that. 
Uh, but I just want to say, like, I think I think we did a good job discussing that film and trying to focus on maybe some of the positives we saw in it. Uh, so yeah, go listen to that. We're done. It's it's it is. If you wanted something light and frothy that you never have to think about again, sure. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, and again, like I don't know, it's it, only mildly racist it, in a few parts. It looked like candy at times, and I enjoyed that ish. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's been a horrible year. If you want something that'll kind of distract you for two hours, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, I'm two glasses of wine in. I'm sure people have noticed that... Uh, we're getting loose. We're getting loose. Uh, my plot descriptions have... Mine my are, descriptions of films in general... Mine are hilariously getting better, actually. Uh, have gotten sloppy. I don't think I'm slurring my words quite yet. Not yet. Not yet. Close, though. Uh, but it is time to call this an episode. Matt, anything else to say about this year in Bollywood? I mean, there's been a lot of people complaining that there weren't any good movies all year and that South Cinema is so much better. But, like, I think there's some... This doesn't have, like, the big marquee blockbusters. It's not like, what, Master that just came out and everyone's falling in love with themselves saying, oh, you got to watch this South film. I think there's some actually very interesting movies that came out this Mm -hmm. year that are worth seeking out, but they're not the sort of blockbusters. And this year, since we're all at home, the playing field was leveled. Mm-hmm. If you have access to these services, you could watch everything that came out. You don't have to wait in line. It's not first day, first show. You can just, you know, to be a bit more relaxed about it. Yeah, I mean, just like, I don't know. I I appreciate that distributors and filmmakers and studios understand that people need content right now people need movies like that is one thing that while we are stuck at home inside trying to get through this that we can we can embrace and we can engage with and so and they can still be communal yeah they can still be communal i think that's very important you know we talk a lot about how streaming ruins that communal experience of films well look at twitter look at this podcast look at ak versus ak it came out Christmas Eve, and everyone was talking about it on Twitter, and there was listicles and yeah. you know, plot arguments and things. Like, that kind of was a moment. Yeah, you know, I think, like... Cooling number one, everyone bashed it, but it was also people getting in on it. We are in a time when we cannot gather. We cannot be in a big auditorium together. And that is difficult, but we are finding ways to connect. We are finding ways to communicate. And... Film gives us something to connect over. Mm-hmm. You know, people wouldn't listen to this podcast if they didn't want to connect about film. And so, you know, saying that, please reach out to us if you have those biffle points. We we really want to say thank you. This this show is a labor of love. These episodes are always messy, so thank you for for getting through it with us. I'm no still one's cried, sorry I can't. Well, I got a little teary eyed. Yeah. Uh, I'm so sorry that I. Uh, saucer so long ago uh but it sounds good let us know what your favorite films what your least favorite films were from the back half of 2020 was there anything we didn't watch that you think we should seek out is lakshmi maybe you know like more interesting than we think it is i'm sure it's interesting we, we did skip that one video jamal movie yeah that could have been good yeah i i think we discussed like 18 films today so i feel pretty good about that but yeah we want to know what what you enjoyed watching in 2020 what you didn't enjoy watching in 2020 and you know what you're look for looking forward to film wise did you just watch the web series you know the people are talking a lot about those yeah tv shows 
Just don't talk to us about Bridgerton, please. <laughs> if you want to hear about Bridgerton, uh, there's a whole podcast. Yeah, there. you podcast and Condon has a whole uh, like binging Bridgerton thing. Manisha's gonna be on it. I'm sure it's great. I think Sal's on it too. Yeah. Uh, please go listen to that. Yeah. Just don't ask us about it because we didn't like it. <laughs> We watched one episode. We just have no opinion. Yeah. Uh, we're more here for Busted. Uh, yeah. Watch maybe, Busted. Maybe we'll do a spinoff with Kathy, Kathy Gibson and talk about Busted. We probably won't. But if we were to do a spinoff... It's just Busted all the it time. It would be Busted. Episode by episode, details of the mysteries on Busted. <laughs> all right. Oh, and we're going to watch The White Tiger right away. It's not a Bollywood film, but... Looks good. I'm sure we'll discuss it in our mid-year review. It's in getting, the same way we discuss Hotel Mumbai. It's it got good fits. reviews. Yeah. Okay. Everyone likes it except for Rajkumar Rao's accent, so I'm kind of curious to see what that's like. Yeah, I just like I don't trust people's assessments of accents. Yeah. Uh, These aren't even our real accents. We've been masking <laughs> our Western Canadianness the whole time. We're secretly Australian. Yeah. Good day, mate. Uh, we will be back in two weeks. Uh, we're going to be doing a Valentine's Day episode, so it's going to be something romantic. We have a couple of ideas, and neither one of them are panning out right now, so just expect romance. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? At Bollywood Pod, Facebook.com slash Bollywood for Lovers, BollywoodsForLovers.tumblr.com. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, etc. If you uh, leave a review elsewhere, uh, just let us know. I will say for the meantime, Biffle Points um, will only count for ones. Prior for to po- this. Yeah, for Biffle Points given prior to this episode. Yeah. For now. We're going to figure out what to do with new ones, but. If you gave us a review before the 24th of January, 2021. Yes. That's the biblical point cutoff. After that, we're going to figure something out. But uh, yeah. And remind us of your reviews and things or your questions that you sent in. Mm-hmm. Send us DMs and stuff to keep us up. And we're going to need addresses. Yeah. We're going to create a spreadsheet, but we are kind of going on the honor system because let's be honest, we have not been tracking biblical points that well. No, I definitely haven't. I was waiting for someone to start a wiki. <laughs> Didn't go anywhere. We are not blank check. Uh, anyway. Uh, You're at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. Am I? Yeah, on Twitter. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm at Erin Fraser, E-R-I-N-E, F-R-A-S-E-R. As I said, if you'd like to listen to more of my film opinions while I have cut, uh, please check out Trash on the Movies. If you like long episodes uh, of things. Paul and I just did our 2020 wrap-up episode where we discussed our top 10 favorite films of 2020 as well as some other things. He should uh, watch AK versus AK. Did you sell him on it? I don't know. He would like it. I don't know if I did. He would like um, it. Paul, what the fuck? He watched Jolly Katu after the 2019 year end. That episode. movie rules. Yeah, it's a great movie. Maybe yeah. we'll be talking about it more if it goes to the Oscars. Yeah. I hope so. Sure. Uh, we want to say a big thank you to Becca Dalkey for our artwork. Winky, winky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tuffy is the best boy. Well, second best boy, which maybe we'll tell you about later. That's it. That's all I got. Okay, podcast over.